all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. You know, a man without no direction and no puppets is a man with no vision and no hope. The Storms of Life The Tribulations of Life The Worries of Life The Pain of Life The Heartaches of Life Will it ever be a time when we will hear that will we as people, the church of God, the body of Christ, will hear that beautiful childlike laughter that you just heard earlier? And what about not having no hope, not having no purpose? That means you will have no vision in your life. The storms of life. Will the storms of life ever be transformed into the laughter of life? Good question. Good question. B-O-C-R-T. Time. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk, W1964 BOCRT Real Talk. Let's get into something. Let's get into this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to my show today. I'm the host of Body of Christ Real talk. What's going to be the subject today? Let's let's talk about something today. That's uh, very important today. I want to talk about a few things. I want to talk about the struggles and the pain and the heartaches that a lot of us go through on this earth. Will it last? Will it ever go away? Is there a light, really a light, like you always say, Joe, in that dark tunnel? Hmm. Will will it ever be a time where we can laugh like that little child that I played earlier, that beautiful laughter, pure laughter? Or will we always be going through this? 
Hmm. Let's talk. Let's talk. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good mid afternoon. Good evening. And for my night hawks or my night people, hello. This is the body of Christ Real Talk. B O C R T W 1964. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh. This is a this is a beautiful night. First of all, I want to let you know that I'm in an area that you probably just heard uh, a lot of music going by or whatever like that. I like to let my my listening listeners know what's going on with that because I'm partially on the outside. The area that I'm in now, you could say I'm partially <clears throat> excuse me outside. So I'm in a booth. But at the same time, you can still hear a lot of the action and a lot of the noise uh, going by, you know. So I just wanted to let you know up front, like I always do, you know, that when, I, when I, I'm telling you about certain areas that I'm in, so you hear certain sounds, you hear a lot of car uh, honking their horns and uh, a lot of a loud noise and maybe a little talking, but it should not be much because it's somewhat of the late hour that I'm doing this show. And you know me, I can do a podcast when I feel it's on my heart, whether it's planned or not to do a show. That's the way I do things. And that's why I do so many shows because uh, I majority of my shows is not mostly impulse. The majority of my shows, I really plan it without planning it. In other words, when it comes to my mind, I just want to talk about something. So the majority of my shows, it's not really pre-planned. And that's the truth. They're not really pre-planned. They come right from my heart and they come out of my head because of life. Things that happen in life, you know, I talk about. Not everything, but I, think I talk about a lot of things that I believe is relevant you know, for not only myself, because this is just not a selfish thing for me, but I believe others as others as well around the United States and around the nations and around the world. So that's what I do when I do this show. So it's not a format or pre-planned the majority of the time when I want to talk about certain subjects, you know, like my hot topics and uh, different things like that. Okay. I want to talk about something very encouraging. Now, it's very encouraging, and uh, it's for anybody that's listening to my show. Now, it might not start off encouraging, but believe me, you know, there is some encouragement because sometimes you always have or usually have a storm before a calm, or you might have a calm before a storm. So, right now, I'm going to just talk about a storm, but there is a calm. That's coming afterwards. Now, that's good news if you are part of the church, the body of Christ. That is very good news if you're part of the church, the body of Christ. Sadly to say, it's not too much good news if you're not part of the church, the body of Christ. Not saying you will not have any victory in your life, but I'm talking about eternal things now. I'm talking about future eternal things now, you know, so it's basically it's going to be more uplifting for the church, 
the body of Christ. Future hope and victory for the church, the body of Christ. But that does not exclude the church, the body of Christ, of going through a lot of pain and a lot of hurt along with the world today. Let me say that again. Because the church has have future victory and can look forward to future hope, which is guaranteed, no doubt, which is promised according to the word of God for the body of Christ, does not exclude us as the church from going through the pains and tribulations that we go through now, like the book of Romans talked about, we shall suffer pain and tribulations. We'll suffer with those certain things, just like creation itself, which the King James Version calls it the creature, suffers through pain, waiting for that great redemption, waiting for that great hope when we will get our new bodies. Okay? The earth is waiting for the new, the, the, the earth will be transformed in the way at the millennium kingdom. Okay? The millennium kingdom reign of Christ, you know, when he would reign on the earth for uh, a thousand years. Okay. Hear me out. And, uh, but the ultimate of ultimates, the fullness of times after the millennium kingdom, this, the heavenlies and the earth will melt away like fervent heat, according to second Peter, also the book of Revelation. The new, the heaven and the earth, will, this heaven and earth will be destroyed. It will melt away and there will be a new heavens and there will be a new earth. Not what God reigned and not what the body of Christ is going to be at, but I'm talking about the second heavens where Satan corrupted and everything, the fallen angels. There will be new heavens and there will be new earth because the old heaven and new earth will pass away. Okay, the whole old heaven and new earth will pass away, you know. So that's the real redemption right there. The earth will not be reinformed or transformed in the sense that it's going to be brand new. Now, God makes things new. That's why, you know, there's a lot of confusion with the term born again and the term being new creature. There's a lot of confusion with the term being born again in the Bible and a new creature. Uh, and I talks about that in a lot of my teachings and uh, not only throughout the body of Christ real talk, uh, but also connecting the dots. Born again is related to Israel because Israel spiritually is God's firstborn. So therefore they have to be born again. Their redemption has been born again. That was only for Israel. Okay. The new creature is the body of Christ. We was born anew. That's why we were getting new bodies and new everything. Everything was new with us. It's not refurbished. It's not born again. We are new creatures. But at the same time, it's okay to use born again. It's okay if you use that, you know, or burn born anew, like Les Feldick and a lot of others say born anew. It's okay. We're not going to have a battle over terms and names. Okay. You know, and I'm going to get into something later on about that when it comes to the Trinity and uh, the Godhead. But I'm not going to talk about that now. What I want to talk about is... <coughs> The new, the hope, the realistic hope uh, for the church, the body of Christ in the future. So this is great news. It should be great news, regardless of what we go through here on earth, these dying bodies. Uh, 
we have a lot of hope, fantastic hope that we cannot comprehend that's coming to us as a, the church, the body of Christ, in the future. Okay. Uh, when you look, when you look at the things that's going on, you look at the world today, and uh, the save somewhat see it a little different than the unsave or the world. Bad is bad, evil is evil. It can be visualized and felt by both the church and uh, the unchurched or the unsaved. So uh, I hate to put it in those terms like that, but I'm not. I, what I try not to do is put uh, like a lot of churches, a lot of people, be, uh, lot, some, a lot of people believe that everybody on this earth is God's child, is God's children, God's children. Biblically, I get the metaphor, but biblically, that's not true. That's not true. There is a separation when it comes to God, children, and, you know, God's creation. You have God's creation, and you have God's children. You know, the body of Christ is part of God's children. You know, the uh, the unsaved is God's creation, but they can be adopted into the body of Christ. It becomes God's children. So, therefore, every person is not a child of God. That's why I try to separate it. I try to be careful when I talk about different things. When I talk about there is hope in the future that, you know, there's going to be victory for us in the future. I'm not talking about in a secular worldly way. I'm talking about spiritually. I'm talking about where you're going to be in the future if you're a part of the church. That's why I try to put emphasis on that. So I not I try not to mix it together because you can you can confuse a lot of people that's not saved and saved. And uh with false hope. Uh Joe, what do you mean by that? Sometimes we can get to talking to somebody and we can read scriptures or we can even quote verses uh, to people without even realizing or even thinking or consciously that they're not saved. Those verses that we're quoting is not for them. Sometimes the verses that we're quoting is not even for us. The church today, the body of Christ, it might be for the church of the wilderness. In time past, it might be for Israel or the little flock. So we have to be careful when we quote certain verses and scriptures in the Bible. Therefore, we must learn how to rightly divide God's word. That's why rightly dividing is very important. Not only according to 2 Timothy, Timothy 2 and 15, but the whole, the whole of God's word must be dispensationally rightly divided. So, you know, that's, that's what I mean when I try to separate, when I say there is light under the tunnel. So I don't want to mislead the uh, the listener that don't even believe in, in God or the listener that is not saved yet or they think they're saved or whatever like that, whatever. I don't want to mislead them or the church by saying that this future victory is for everybody on earth because it's not. That would make me, therefore, teaching a universal teaching that everybody is going to heaven. See, that's called a universal teaching that God is not sending nobody to hell. Therefore, everyone is going to heaven. That's not biblically true. It sounds good, but it's not biblically true. Emphasis on Bible truth. It's not Bible truth. So, I like to be careful when I talk about victory. 
because you can have victory in life as well. But I'm talking about future victory being in heaven compared to going to hell, basically. So when I'm talking about certain things, and there might be a few scriptures that I might read. Now, I'm not doing Bible study, but I'm reading, I might read a few scriptures that will give you a formula when I say about future victory for the churches, plural. Okay, Joe, what do you mean by churches? The churches, remember, you have two church, you have more than one church. The church just mean ecclesia, mean assembly, it mean a, a gathering of saints, you know, it just mean, a, a, you know, ecclesia, you know, uh, ecclesia, whatever you want to pronounce it, or assembly of people. That's, that's called a church, assembly of a group of people. When you assemble together, that's called a church, not a building. Assembling together, uh, according to the Bible, the King James is mean uh, the church. So there's many Many churches in the Bible, you know, as a church in the wilderness, it's not the same as the kingdom church. The kingdom church is not the same <clears throat> as the body of Christ, etc., etc. You understand what I'm saying? So that's what I mean by learning how to rightly divide uh, the word of God. Now, where do that leave the unbeliever? Uh, it leaves the unbeliever in limbo. What I mean by that, if you're not saved... If you're not saved, I don't mean because you go to church and anything like that, you're saved. But if you're not saved, you're not part of no church spiritually. You're not part of no church. So therefore, when I talk about there's victory and there's hope in the future, I'm talking about the body of Christ and I'm talking about the kingdom church. The kingdom church hope in the future, uh, their final victory and their final salvation it's going to be after the tribulation. Therefore, they will reign with Christ for a thousand years. And that's the ages to come. That's in the future. They will reign with Christ a thousand years. That's the past uh, uh, wilderness saints. That's that's the saints that the past saints in the days and the times of Jesus. That's the saints that died in the tribulation period. You know, the kingdom saints, you know. The gospel of the kingdom, saints. It has nothing to do with the, this. Has nothing, excuse me, to do with the body of Christ. I might be confusing a lot of people, but I'm trying to go as slow as I can because I don't want this to become a Bible uh, teaching because it won't help a lot of unsaved. They'll still be confused. So I'm trying to go as slow as I can. In other words, for the layman that's listening to me, there is a separation when it comes to the saved and the unsaved. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Bridgewater College's graduate programs in athletic training, human resource management, psychology, mental health professionals, and digital media strategy are accessible, affordable, and flexible for students continuing their education or working professionals. Online and high flex options available to fit everyone's schedule. As a graduate student, you'll take a deep dive into a subject and work closely with your classmates and professors. Learn more about your options, upcoming information sessions, and more at bridgewater.edu slash grad. Okay, the saved. Let's talk about one group of the saved people. You have the kingdom of heaven 
say the group was basically as more future for them. You have the kingdom of heaven saints, which is predominantly, I say predominantly, Israel, the Jews, the kingdom of heaven. Okay, their gospel was preached by starting off with John the Baptist through Jesus, through the 12, etc. Going through that all the way through Acts 2 until it got to Acts 9. That program was mostly the teaching of the kingdom of heaven program. Preaching the future coming of Jesus' future kingdom, which is the millennium kingdom, where he's going to reign when he comes back on earth physically for a thousand years. That church that's the first saved church I'm talking about. You know, the dead and the ones that's going to die and go through the tribulation period at that time. They have hope and they have future victory. Okay. Now, after X9 all the way through now to now, you have the Grace Church, which is under the Apostle Paul, the teaching of the Apostle Paul, which is called the Grace Church. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> and uh, we are a new creature. The kingdom church is born again. Remember, Israel was the first born spiritually. Not physically, but the first born spiritually. So they had to be reborn again to get back in connection with God, you know. But the body of Christ is new creatures, see, in other words, we are the other saved group. Those are the two saved groups I am talking about. There's no other saved groups. You either have the uh, the Jews. Now, with the Jews program, you also and the Kingdom program, you also have Gentiles that will be saved as well. You know, through the tribulation and after the tribulation. You know, and there's a separation through that program, you know, between a Jew and a Gentile. Remember, Gentiles mean nations. Anybody that's not a Jew is a Gentile. Gentile means nations, plural. So there's, in that program, there's a separation between Jews and Gentiles. And the body of Christ, the other saved groups, there's no separation. We all become one. Just like in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth and he made a race. He made a human race. So in the body of Christ program, we are one. There's no Jew. There's no Gentile. There's no male. There's no female. There's one. Okay. That's how the body of Christ is. So we are, we are teachers in our uh, commandments. So, what spiritual commandments is out of is the teachings, which is called a mystery. Mystery means secret. It's from the Apostle Paul. The Kingdom programs teaches mainly from the twelve apostles, starting with John the Baptist, and then their King Jesus preached the kingdom of heaven. He preached. He, he mentioned the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, over at least thirty-three times in the book of Matthew. Why do he mention the kingdom of heaven so many times? That gospel in the book of Matthew, because the Matthew portrays the book of Matthew portrays Jesus as being their king. That's why a lot of emphasis was on king and kingdom in the book of Matthew. So over 33 times, I believe, that uh, what, I, what I counted anyway, someone said 37, but I only counted 33 when I counted it myself. So it's good to count things yourself, you know. It was 33 times that Jesus mentioned the, the term kingdom of heaven, you know. Not, nothing about the grace of God. God done everything in all these salvations by grace. But it was different ways. God is not God is not changing, but He changed 
the way he used men by his grace in different ways, okay? All right, I mean to get into all that. And I know I went around about, about this, but that's why I want to put emphasis. I'm talking about the saved. There's light under the tunnel for the saved, okay? But there is hope. For the unsaved, and mostly the unsaved that listen to my podcast and other uh, Bible teachers know what they must do to be saved. Okay. All right. I hope I explained that very well. But what I want to talk about is, and I started off that way with the, the, the laughter of a child, beautiful child. Then I went into, you know, a man with no purpose, man, man meaning man and woman, woman, you know, a man with no purpose. And no direction has no vision and no hope. Okay. And then I went into thunder. I went into, you know, a storm, a storms of life and stuff like that. The reason I went that route is because right now, the saved and the unsaved, we're both got to deal with the storms of life. Correct? Whether you're saved or whether what you believe, whether you're saved, whether you're on the fence, whether you're atheist, whatever, you're going to have to deal with some type of storms of life personally or around us. We're going to have to deal with the storms of life. That's what I mean when I say the saved people is not exempt from the storms of life, contrary to what a lot of ministers and you know teachers preach. We're not exempt from that, but we do have a future hope for the saved. All right. Might sound pretty dim for the unsaved, but I'm going to talk about that too. There's no, there's no love lost and there's no love for the unsaved. So I just wanted to make that clear. Okay. Politics. Uh, a lot of worldly views. I, I'm 58 years old. 58 years old. I made 58. Thank God, June the 3rd. I didn't do nothing on my birthday. I just thank God I made I made a make I, I got to see another year. Thank you, Jesus. I'm 58 years old. And from the times that I can remember from teen, <coughs> excuse me, on up till 58, you've seen changes. I have seen changes. But from for for the last, and I'm gonna be honest with me. Excuse me. I never seen so much of a change like it has. And I'm talking about me personally in the last six years. Okay, Joe, what do you mean by that? And that's not for the good, not for the better. And I'm gonna I'm kind of break that down. Not for the better. Okay. Um. Why did I say, why am I, am I saying the last six years? You know, someone might see it a different way. It depends what you went through, what you were seeing. But I'm just talking about me and I'm looking at in, in, in a, a a spiritual aspect of it, uh, according to prophecy and different things like that. So I'm looking at it in a different way that maybe some believers uh, or some unsaved look at it a different way. But I'm just talking about me, Jojo. Last six years. Why? Because I'm going to give you something about what I have been saying personally. You might have another way you look at things uh, or you can relate. I said six years. It starts back, what, 2016 uh, politically with the uh, election of uh, Donald Trump, or President Trump. From that time of 2016 until today, 2022, June of 2022, I never seen in my lifetime, 
so much change towards evil. So Joe, now I'm talking about my time. I'm talking about within the last six years because remember, like I said, I'm looking at it in a biblical, spiritual way. You know, and I, and I if you, it's what I have been paying attention to because things open up more visual and discerning when you look at when you look at it in the out of the eyes of God in a spiritual way. That don't mean you don't get frustrated. Sometimes you get more frustrated because remember we're in the flesh as saved people, you know. But anyway, uh, in the last. Uh, Six years. I don't even have a title for what I'm talking about. Like I said, this is off the bat. This is this is this is why I do things. <laughs> this is why I do things. It's just something that I do, and I, I you can call it a gift or whatever. But it's just I don't have really. I won't say it's a gift of gap, but it's a gift of getting things off my chest that I can, I, I you know that make us, might be a gift from God or whatever. But like I said, I did not plan this. What I'm going to talk about now, I have thoughts and I just put everything together. But within the last six years, starting in 2016, the ruckus that started when Trump was going up against uh, uh, Hillary Clinton. And I'm not going to get into all that because I don't want to stay embedded in politics. You know, it's, that's a headache in itself. But all the disaster and all the corruption and all the, the backbiting and all the blabbing and all the accusing really got really rough. And that time, what I'm looking at when Trump was running for president, I've seen a lot of things through the Bush era. I, I remember the Clinton eras. I remember the Bush senior eras. I remember the Obama eras and everything like that. So some people can say it started with the Obama era. That is true. You know, a lot of it started in the bombing era. If you're looking at a spiritual way of looking at it, and it depends which way you're looking at it, a conservative way or a liberal way. Okay, Joe, what do you mean by that? Because you're not going to see the things that I call evil, evil, if you agree with it or you for a liberal way of looking at it. You understand what I'm saying? So what I am saying, everybody don't see it the same way, especially you are, if you are a liberal thinker and if you are in a democratic way of thinking, you're not going to see these things or feel the much pain like I feel. You understand? So it depends what ideology and way of thinking you want. So when I say the Obama era or the Trump era, you know, the Trump era, let me put it this way. His era was a lot of chaos for the liberals. Even though he didn't do nothing wrong, it was just his policies turned them off. So that's their kind of trouble. That some of them will say these are the worst years since Trump. Some of them might say that. You understand what I'm saying now? So it depends what side you're looking at, and what I felt was what I feel has been so evil, so corrupt. Uh, in the last six years, might be different. For another person that thinks in a liberal way, because some of the policies that's been passed or some of the things that's going on, you might agree with it. You follow what I'm saying? You might follow it or you might not agree with it, but you're not going to say anything against it because it goes against your thinking or your policy. OK, so remember, that's why I say I'm talking about me. OK, therefore, I'm looking at it in a biblical, spiritual way. You know, and when it comes beginning with Trump, I'm looking at it in a conservative way, policies, you know, Republic, whatever Republican way, whatever way you want to talk about, you know, look at it that way. So men, that's what I mean by that. First of all, 
being as a Christian a safe way. So let me let me digress. The last six years, if I I can't explain it no better, you know. The last six years, I've seen so much evil and so much corruption. Oh man, it seemed like just a lot of demons was let out, you know, because of you know the way I'm looking at it, you know, in a biblical conservative way. All right, and uh, the chaos started somewhat with Obama. Let me let me go back in there with Obama. I'm talking about political now. Starting off with Obama, you know, the policies and stuff like that it was it's, it's, it was really a pain in the stomach. Uh, not physically, but you know, because of certain policies, you know, it was a lot of deception, it was a lot of lies, it was a lot of conning, and all kind of stuff happened in the Obama area, era, on the way I look at it. Not the liberal way, but the Christian conservative way. The way I looked at it, I look at it, okay? You know, it wasn't good. You know, I did not vote for Obama. I didn't vote a lot, period. But even if I did vote, I wouldn't have voted for Obama because I just don't like the policies of the left anyway, the Democratic side. That's just me. You might have another way. You might be Christian and vote Democrat. I, I don't like the policies. You know, I'm not saying all of it is bad, but, you know, but at that time, you know, uh, I did not like none of the policies. And I just seen a, a twist and a turn when it comes politically. Okay. Then Trump. Boom. Won the election in 2016. And then after that, I seen a little hope. Now, remember, I'm going in a physical, earthly, political way first. You know, a little hope. Because hope, Trump started promising different things. And I didn't understand every policy, but he started promising different things, what he's going to do. I was skeptical about Trump. You know, because I know he was he, he, he was out in the world. I know Trump dealt with a lot of Democrats. Even he said that, you know, whatever like that. I didn't know how much he had for the Republican. But he ran on a Republican ticket. I wouldn't even call him a conservative. And today I still don't think he's really conservative. I just think he just love America. You know, that's just my opinion. Well, anyway, you know, he, he promised a lot of things. And there was a, and there was a, it was a thorn in the side of the liberal or the Christian liberal. If you, I don't say how Christian could be a true liberal anyway, but I'm not going to get into that. Or the more liberal type of thinking. And I'm going to, you know, get into that later. It was a thorn in their side for them. But it was a victory of hope politically for me compared to Obama. You understand what I'm saying? Because the policies, because I'm a policy person, you know, and that's that's made the difference on my side. Not only that, but Trump, it, you know, is really, to me, again, one of the, some people might say Kennedy or whatever like that. I, I don't know, remember much about the Kennedy era, so I can't say much. I just heard about it. But just to live in that Trump era, I've seen so many policies that he came, he made it happen. He didn't just talk it, it happened. So therefore, for the Christian church, I mentioned Christian, then I mentioned the church because it, people, everybody that go to church is not a Christian. Okay, what I mean by the church, I mean the Catholic church, the, the churches in general. That don't mean they're Christian. I'm just saying the, uh, when it comes to religion and when it comes to church, the Christians and the churches 
followed and loved the lot of the policies when it came to morals, when it came to Trump. Okay. The conservatives, not all, but a lot of conservatives and Republicans, not all, liked it some of the policies of Trump. Some Republicans didn't because you have some Republicans that are Republicans in name only. They call them rhinos. Rhinos mean Republican in name only. The acronym is rhino. Republican in name only. That's what. That's the acronym. Is uh, R A Rhino because he stopped pushing things that they did not like. They just Republican in name. Then you have the other Republicans that was for it. So uh, the reason I'm saying is I'm going to look at this political, then I'm going to look at it in a non-political way. And then I'm going to look at it in a biblical way. Then I'm get to the hope. All right. So that's what I've seen. That's what I've seen going on in, in my eyes. You know, far as yeah, so Trump done a lot of things, blah, blah. You know, the four years he was in office, you know, he was doing a lot of things. He was talking to things, you know, he was... More than what, what whatever uh, what people say, he was really trying to, you know, connect with the black ethnic group. Because I remember him telling them, "What do they have to lose by voting for him?" Which made sense. What do you have to lose? Now, this talk is not about Trump. I'm not here to endorse Trump. I'm not put. I'm not here to, to unendorse Trump. You on your own on that. But I'm just saying, you know, I'm just trying to uh, go somewhere here. You know, the last few years. You know, but a lot of things went on and, you know, you had a lot of left going against the right and Democrats going against the Republican and people. Just, it was a lot of craziness, but it was a lot of things happening in America itself that was good under the Trump era. It was good. Good to the conservatives. Good to the Christian or churchgoers. It was good to them. You know, unless you just a liberal churchgoer. So, the two heads always going to go against each other, the liberal thinker and the conservative thinker. And, you know, both of them go to church, but one is liberal, one conservative. That don't mean they saved. Okay, let me put that out there. But it was uh, for the, the true believers. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase. And no subscription headaches. Hensonshaving.com slash holiday. There's only one road into Key West. But you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. And the church goers. Just said the true Christians and the churchgoers was for a lot of, including Catholic, their churchgoers, their, their religion, was for a lot of policies for Trump. You know, far as that. He was kind of iffy when it came to abortion because he come out from that world. You know, 
he wouldn't talk about gays and stuff like that as much because he was out there. He'd been in that world. So, you know, he didn't really get into that type of moral things. I think he tried to stay away from that and everything. But the strong aspects of military, a lot of strong things in church, lower taxes and stuff like that. And aboard, he was very border, very strong on the border, things like that, that I stand for as well, you know, he was for that, you know, but he, he kind of stayed away for when it came to abortions and, uh, you know, and abortions and, uh, you know, what else I was going to say? Ugh, I forget, my mind just went. But he stood on a lot of things like that, you know, when it came to a border. And the border, um, there we go. Ah, my mind came back on the border. So there was a lot of hope for me as being a Christian man, you know, and my conservative views when it comes to policies. So like I said, that's me. You might say it a different way because you was against him for one reason or another. Some of you all don't even know why. You just, when you follow a party that's almost aggressively calling your names and calling you this and calling you racist and calling, you know, like blacks, a black, black ethnic group are so emotional we will vote against a person just because somebody said that it was racist and we don't never look. We often, I ain't going to say never, never look at policies and stuff like that. That's that's my point. Even though most, I believe most blacks are conservative and don't even know it. Okay, I'm not getting finna get it. I talked about that before. Well, anyway, through all that. But when Trump lost the election, you know, it's the reason why he lost the election, but I'm not going to talk about that. You know, I don't want to get censored or nothing like that from Spreaker, nobody. You know, but when Trump lost the election and Biden won the election, which was a miracle in itself. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to go there. I had to go there, which is a miracle in itself. It started with Obama with me and, and Biden. Let's get Trump out of there because the Trump era was just pretty cool with me. But between the Obama and the Biden era, you know, and I just, I'm, I like to be for real. I'm talking about the liberal era, the liberal or the left type of thinking era, which I'm not for. That's why I mean the evilness started coming out. The evilness started coming out, especially the last few years. Under this administration, then you had the uh, the pandemic, the COVID nineteen. You had a lot of division happening. You had a lot of riots going on. You had a lot of lying going on. I never seen so much so called racism that I have experienced because I've never experienced physically the racism of the sixties. And then the 50s and 60s or whatever like that, the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King and all these other great ones. I never experienced that physically. This is my first time, you know, in my generation, in my life, that I've seen so much race. Not so much, uh, I mean, let me put it this way, not so much that because it's really happening. Let me say that again, not so much because it's a lot of things happening that would just say, man, it's a lot of racism out there. It's because that that's the big voice for the last few years is the term racism. I never heard that term used so much like it has been used in the last few years. Racism. Everything is racism. Everything is racism. I never heard it used that much. So it was kind of stinging me because I'm the most un 
racist person that you probably could meet. And for all this talk about racism that they talk about now, it really hurts. I'm going to be honest with you, it really hurts. And it caused so much division. It caused so much of this, man. I mean, I said, wow, I'm in an era now, you know, biblically standing. You know, I knew things was going to happen, but I never knew it would be in this generation that I'm still here. I didn't think, I'm going to be honest, I didn't think nothing like this would really happen. I thought I would be gone. I thought I would be raptured. And I'm not saying this out of arrogance. I thought I would be raptured about time something like this happened, you know. I really did. But I am here for a reason. The rapture is going to come. I don't know when. It could be now. You know, any second. It could be tomorrow. It could be five or ten years. I don't know. But I know it's going to happen. It's not prophesied. It's predicted. But I know the catch, rapture as in catching away. You know, I know rapture, the word is not in the Bible. But I'm talking about the catching away, the blessed hope, the glorious appearing. When Christ come back and get us the church, the body of Christ. I, I didn't think I would be here. I remember years ago, you know, the little things we was talking about in churchism and stuff mm -hmm. like that, you know. I didn't expect it so much of that happening now. That's what I mean. I I, I listen to a lot of preachers and ministers talking about you. We, we got victory. We'll never have to go through this, you know, about time. Such and such thing is going to happen. The church is going to be gone. Those are things I heard years ago. My point is, and I'm being honest, I never, I really, I never really believed that I would be here to see what's going on now, what's going on now in this world now, especially America, especially America. And, and I blame myself for that because I put too much emphasis and I put too much pride in America. Now, it's nothing wrong with loving your country. But when you start loving your country more than God, that becomes an issue. Did I do that? I don't know. But I just knew I had a big love for my country, you know, and I loved I loved the concept of races being together and loving each other. It might sound generic, but that's just been me. Like I said, I'm one of the most unprejudiced persons you can meet on racism. In other words, race, I don't like put prejudice and racist too much together. You know, it's just me. But racist, since race is all is used so much today. OK, that's what I mean for the last six years. <laughs> You can go back as far as Obama, you know, with all that change. When he said a change is going to come, I never thought it was going to be a change like that, but it started with him. Then Trump came and he brought a little more light when it came to political and politics, politics and even the Christian church. He did help, help us out a lot in that area. This last few years with this administration is just like lightning. I mean, policies and all kind of weird, crazy, anti-God, yes, anti-God stuff is being passed through this administration. And another shocking thing that so many Christians, first of all, I can understand the unsaved, but so many Christians are falling for this Kool-Aid without even thinking about it. They're just going to praise the Lord, praise the Lord, we covered by the blood. That gets under my skin so much when I just hear that and you just missing everything. People going to hell in a basket. And now we can think about our churches and gatherings and stuff like that, you know. Okay, let me not get into that, you know. And uh, so many, the church has been deceived so much and still drinking the Kool-Aid was going on because of politics. It's a shame that the Christian church choose a, dem a Democratic or Republican party over the word of and the morals of God. I never thought that a, 
I ain't gonna say never, but like I said today, it seems so prevalent today that politics can take first place in a Christian's life, a real Christian's life I'm talking about, over the morals and concepts and precepts of the word of God. Okay, that's what I'm saying today as well. I'm seeing a lot of weak Christians. That's just weak. They're strong somewhat in a pulpit, but they're weak in the real world. You have churches that uh, that uh, condones the mandates and even came to a point that they say Jesus will have Jesus will be okay okay with someone forcing a mandate on you whatever the mandate is you know what I'm talking about I heard certain well-known ministers say that some of them were surprising one of them was surprising that he said something like that I'm not going to throw him under the bus but you probably know who that is you know and that's, and that's because I'm afraid to say his name but the names is not important right now because I don't want you to focus on the man because other than that, the man has done a lot of good things, a lot of good things. So I don't want to dwell on that because he said that because I look at the, a lot of good things that he has done, you know, as far as that, you know. But that particular thing got me on that one. You know, he shouldn't have went there. That's his opinion. That's what you want to do. Don't, don't, don't bring Jesus into that because it's something you got feared into doing. I'm just saying like that. You got scared into doing. Yeah, it's the only way, you, the only reason you had to do it because you was scared that you was going to get what they said that was out there or it's some other reason. Okay? So it was a lot of things been going on because of fear. I've never seen so much fear, including myself when the pandemic first started off, the so-called COVID-19 started coming out. I was scared at first until I started educating myself and I started saying, mm-hmm, I started seeing things and I started putting biblical perspective for and I had to catch myself. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, what's really going on? And then, you know, I'm not even, not even close to being afraid of it now because I have my idea about that, but I'm not here to get into that. So all that together within the last six years in my picture, in my visual picture, I've seen so much evil and so much of a change that I have never thought I would see in my time. In my time. Okay. The media has been out of whack way before Obama. The media has always been out of whack. But you know, what I've learned about the media in my time since paying attention to the media, I can see it personally. I didn't see it too much back then in the concrete times and all that stuff, you know. But I see it now since I'm paying more attention, I'm, I'm researching or I'm looking at certain things myself, how much, how corrupt the mainstream media is and a lot of local news. I don't look at none of them actually no more, you know, and I don't miss it because, you know, I don't know what to believe. You know, it just seems like there's just a lot of uh, propaganda, man, which it is, which it is a lot of propaganda. So that's what I mean by evil. Then, then you got these certain movements, then this so-called woke movies. Then you got these different groups, BLM, Black Lives Matter. Then you got Antifa, and all. Then you got the revolutionary groups, and then you you got the woke movement. You know, uh, the woke movement. Then you got the uh, cancel culture and different things like that. It just seemed like it just came so 
like a rush in the last few years. And I know it been planned because, you know, I had I read a few, listened to a few tapes, the tapes called the agenda. And then I, you know, different things about the 45 things that the communist party have, the, uh, the take down America and stuff like that. I already knew about that, but just to see it come to fruition while I'm here, I was thinking like, man, man, by the time they, all that stuff coming along, I, I, I believe I'll be raptured out. I shouldn't have knew better than to say that. I, I believe I'll be gone. But man, to go through it and see it, it it's like a thorn. So, uh, there's another somewhat thorn, spiritual, in my flesh now. You know, what's going on with the administration. But also, and I, I'm, I'm going to say something. And uh, I'm going to make an announcement. And because uh, I like to be open with my listeners and stuff like that. I'm, I'm going to make an announcement that uh, it might have you all look at me another way or something like that. But I just like to be honest because it helps me grow. And some people might not like this and some people might understand and relate to it. So, you know, but that's what I do now as being a voice of God on, on the show. Now, I just like to be honest. I don't have to say this. God is not compelling me to say this. The Holy Spirit is not compelling. Not that I know of, you know. And some things I just feel is from my heart. But I believe the Lord is okay with me saying this. Let me put it this way. It's nothing wrong that I'm saying. But he's not commanding me to say it. Within my spirit. Not, not whispering in my ears like a lot of these so God. But I was talking about God told. No. He's okay with me saying this. God give us a free mind and will to speak certain things. And I believe, you know, this, this, uh, God is okay with me saying this because I'm trying to help. The last few years as well also, uh, I have been very angry and disappointed and embarrassed, more disappointed. And I'm going to just say something else, sickening with anger in my stomach. You know why? Because of the actions of my black brothers and sisters, my ethnic people. I've been very angry and sad and upset with my group of people, ethnic group of people, black ethnic group. I know you want me to say race, but you understand what I'm talking about. So if you say just say race, and I'm going to call it like it is. I'm trying to get away from that race. I'm trying to play out of that. Get out of that race calling. Ethnic group, people group, ethnic group, my black ethnic group of people. I have been very upset with my own ethnic group of people to the point I didn't even want to be around them. I didn't even want to be around my old people, my own black people. I came to the point I'd rather just be to myself or I'd just rather be around white people or other groups of people, even Latinos. Say, Joe, really? Yes. Yes. I'm going somewhere with this. I get on a bus, I'm bothered by my own black ethnic group of people. I walk down the street, I see my own black ethnic group of people. And I'm bothered. Either by 
how they're acting. And it's not all. This is just a little pocket of them. So I don't want you to get me wrong on that one. Not by all. So watch. Listen. Don't. Don't. Pre- be quick to judge me on that. I'm going somewhere with this. But I'm not trying to hide anything. You know. Take it the way you want to. You know. And. Uh, the majority of what's going on. Because you look at the blacks. A lot of the blacks. People. You know, and I'm talking about groups now, not all, it's not even nearly all, but the black people, the older groups, they can't be a beacon of light for the younger group. Why? Because they're still caught up in their mess. They're still caught up in their mess, you know, and the mess I used to be in. So what do you mean by that, Joe? Because a lot of them are either drugged out. Or they're into alcohol, or they hoard out. They sit and slept around so much. They got disease. A lot of them lost their mind. A lot of them just their bodies are messed up now. You see so many. Oh, you see it in Caucasians too. But I'm just talking about. I'm starting off with that. You know, and uh, you know, and they're affected so much mentally and physically today. The group of the small group of black older men, the millennium group. The youngsters are so rebellious now. No respect for the elders. None at all. I'm talking about certain ones. Not all, because the majority of them are decent young men and women. But remember, I'm talking about groups now. Not all blacks. So get off that click. I'm not talking about all blacks. But you know what I mean. You just have to be honest with yourself. So therefore, I'm talking about that, that, that young group that's really rebellion Rebelling out there and just, you know, you know, uh, no respect for the parents. They into drugs. They into selling this. They into illicit sex. They into all kind of stuff. Black men and young women, you know, that's out there. They're breaking entity. Now, let's talk about the riots. You know, you know, for an example, a lot of the black men, mostly young ones, mostly young ones. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday. Vernon, 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 the heating and cooling specialist. The name says it all. When you focus solely on indoor comfort for 43 years, well, you get really good at it. Get your heating or cooling system tuned by a Vernon specialist today for only $69. Vernon's 60 to 90 minutes of meticulous system inspection guarantees energy savings or the tune-up is free. Now that's a value. Go to vernonheating.com. That was tearing up their own neighborhoods because of the uh, the George Floyd thing. I'm not going to get into that. You know, people say that was a terrible thing. Yeah, it really was. But so is black on black crime. But my point is, it was tearing up their own buildings, looting out of their own buildings, which didn't make no sense because, you know, you're mad at the white man for a stupid reason. So you tear up your own neighborhood, which is black businesses. What kind of sense they make? I have no idea. Then you got the white groups 
these far left right groups that's even coercing you to do it. The ones you kind of say, you know, we're not in slavery no more. No, somewhat you still in slavery to them because you let them coerce you to tear up your own neighborhood. Because all this is, a lot of this, most of this has got to do with political. I know it's Satan. I know it's him. But I'm just talking about in a humanistic way of looking at it. Political, okay? So you still enchained in slavery, whether you believe it or not, by tearing up your own hood and whatever like that in the name of hating white people. You tear up and kill black people in the name of hating white people. That's insane. What kind of sense does that make? I'm not saying kill white people. No, I'm not condoning none of it. But you use that what you do and why you do is because where you was brought up and very little that is true. You hate the white man so much that you got to kill another black man. You got to, you know, you got to have all these babies out of wedlock. You got to uh, do up making women all these abortions. You got to tear up your own neighborhood. You got to loot all these stores in the name because it's the white man's fault and it's the police fault. Insane. Insane. So all this has been building up, you know, and it just brought a certain anger and somewhat, I'm finna say, somewhat of a hate for my own ethnic group. Okay, I said it. I said it. Now, do I hate my own black people? No. No, I don't. I love my ethnic group. I love my ethnicity. I'm not ashamed of my color. But I'm just letting you know, I'm just being real. That's the kind of anger it brought to me. And a lot of people can relate to that. A lot of black men and black women, if they're honest with themselves, whether you're a Christian or not, you can relate to that. Okay. You can relate to that feeling. Because I hear you talking about it too. I hear the conversations we talk about it, maybe too much sometimes. And sometimes we can talk about all the negativity of black people doing. It makes me it makes me and others feel like we anti-black now. You know, it just makes us feel like we hate our own black people. So I apologize for that. I don't hate my own black people. But the last few years, I have become so angry and displeased with my black people. Not because so much of what they're doing that has part of it, because of their mindset. It's the I don't care mindset, that that mentality of that I am the victim. So I'm so much of a victim, I need to kill and tear up my own neighborhood and just start hating on people and stuff like that. A lot of things you know better because you don't go in the white neighborhoods, you don't go in the Latino neighborhoods or the Asian neighborhoods and do that. You do it to your own group of ethnic group of people. That's an issue with me. I'm not condoning or saying you need to go to other, uh, you know, people groups or ethnic groups or whatever like that, you know, or just race, you know, since that's the norm today. It's not the norm for me no more. Go out in these groups and do that. You do it to your own people. You see, that gets under my skin. So it's so hypocritical. It's so selfish. That's what I was angry about. So the, uh, I got convicted and, uh, and they said that God rebuked me so bad and whatever like that, but it brought a certain anger and hate in me for my own group of colored people. You know, even today I have to catch myself because I get angry when I see the you're walking up in there, your pants hanging down, you're not caring, you're selling dope in front of elders and kids and whatever like that, you're cussing everybody down. I know a lot of that got to do with drugs and stuff like that, but it 
it nevertheless it still makes me sickening to my stomach and upset to the point that I'm hateful and angry. And I don't like that. I need prayer. I need help. Please help me and pray for me because, you know, those things has been in my head and I need some help in that. Uh, Saints, Christian brothers and sisters, I need help in that. So I wanted to get that out there all together. And I'm working on that now to get so much disgust out of me towards my own black people. Okay. And when I mean black, I'm talking about those groups, those particular groups, not the ones that's doing well, trying to do whatever. I'm talking about those particular groups. So it's not, I'm not talking about all black people. And a lot of you can relate. You might be angry with me, whatever like that. But like me, I am transparent. I like to be real. Why? It helps me grow. There is victory. And there's light, light in the tunnel. And so I just wanted to get that out there and I apologize uh, to myself and I apologize to others that it might hurt to hear me say that and listen to me. But a lot of you can relate to someone, you would take this in the wrong way and you will start calling names and I'm, you know, I'm so this and that and I don't like being around blast without even hearing the real reason what I'm saying. Put this out there. I'm going to put it out there like this. I'm not saying I hate black people. I'm not saying, number two, I'm not saying that I'm ashamed of my race because I'm proud of my race. I'm not saying that. God made me black. I am not a cursed man. I am not a cursed man. I never thought I was a cursed man. That never even entered me. I never thought I was a cursed man or cursed person. I am a man and I am black. I'm not black first and then I'm a man. I'm a man and I happen to be black, which is a beautiful thing. And black is beautiful. Black is beautiful. So is Caucasian. So is Asian. So is Latino. When you look at it in a human race, that's my new outlook on things. Now, a human race, I'm not stuck on black. I'm not stuck on color. No more. I'm working on that to get out of that being stuck on Okay, I'm sorry about that. Those sounds you're getting me because I, I'm, I'm kind of in the area and I have a radio on me. I'm in my work area, so you're going to hear the radio sounds and stuff like that. Well, anyway, I want to get that out. I wanted to get that out there, you know, what's been going on with me. And uh, I wanted to get that out there. So, like I said again, I do not hate my race or my people group or my ethnicity or my ethnic brothers and sisters. So what? I do not hate them. I have just been disappointed to the point that I, I overburdened or overdone it. And it almost brought hate in me. It almost brought hate from my own ethnic group. I can understand you, you're struggling. I can understand, you know, you, you're doing things, you know, whatever like that. We all done it. I've done some wild things. I gang banged. I've done all that stuff. I've been that done that. So it's not so much the act because, you know, I've been out there. You know, I've done some crazy things, you know, as far as they're out in the world, gang banging and drinking and smoking and all that stuff. I've done that. So you know, I want you to feel me out. I want you to hear me. I have done it. It really has nothing to do on doing bad things or evil things. We all have done that. Every race does that. 
But basically, I cannot speak on every ethnic group at this time because I know there is some evil and some disappointment in every ethnic group. I'm not that naive. I know that. So therefore, I just stick to my ethnic group because here in America, it's black and white. It probably wouldn't bother me so much if I was living in another country. Thank God I I I I, I wasn't. I'm, I think I'm a very 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 joy to be uh, a black man in America, despite all the negative heritage, uh, 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 negative history, you know, in America. Not only black history, but history itself in America with the forefathers or whatever like that. I'm proud of that. You know, not the the negative part about it, but I'm proud to be America's the the good things America does. Uh, black and white overwhelms all the negativity. But let me digress. My point is, when you predominantly grow up in your uh, group of people, whatever color they are, ethnic or just an ethnic group they are, if you grew up in a poor Caucasian area, and there was a lot of poor. And I'm not making this an excuse for me. And there was a lot of poor Caucasians, hippies, rednecks, just as poor as blacks in their own hood. And they was outcasts. And they was treated bad. Did you know that? Yes, they was treated bad. You know, they have their stories about rebellious white people as well. The ghetto white people. There was ghetto white people as well. You look at some of the old movies, you know, like even the 30s, and I didn't even pay attention, pay this attention then. But you look back at some of the old, now, because I'm a movie buff, man. I, I love old movies. Like I said, I look at the old gangster and the old Cagney movies and stuff like that. And you look at the old, I didn't ever look at an old, tell lady the, a lot of the old black movies in, in the 30s and 40s. But I'm just talking about the, the, the white movies, the white type movies. Because most of the blacks grew up looking at a lot of the white movies. We must be honest with ourselves. We did. Even though we lived in a black neighborhood, we seen a, it was predominantly dominated by a lot of the white movies. You know, and that's just the way it was, you know. And uh, we, I'm looking at these movies. Now, back then, when you looked at the old gangster movies, or you looked at the East Side Kids, I don't know if you know anything about that, you know, Leo Gorsi, Hunts Hall, and all of them, or the they, older they got, they was called the Bowery Boys. See, I'm a movie buff, so I look at, I look at a lot of the old school movies. And uh, the East Side Kids was known of being ghetto and poor. They was an outcast, and these are white, whether they was a white Irish or white Italian, you know, whatever, or whatever they was from, you know, because there was a lot of migration from other countries, uh, from European migration and everything. They came and they was poor. They was in the ghettos and stuff like that. But they were poor, and they were ghetto, and they was and there was gangs, but they was predominantly white. Thomas Sowell breaks this down, a famous black historian economist breaks this down very well about cultures. He even breaks down where did the black culture come from. You need to get into, find out about that, but I'm not here to talk about that, but it's a lot of history that we don't know about our culture. What did our culture and slang come from? It came from somewhere. It came from somewhere. But my point is, even in watching those movies then, there was a lot of poor 
black, white uh, ghetto kids. I think they had one black, uh, one black ghetto kid with them, you know. And of course, he talked like that old uh, Festus type of talk and everything. Like, yes, Lord, I was supposed to that type of talk and everything. But I never paid attention to how bad that the white poor kids talk. They, they English is just as bad. I said, mm, I kind of thought about that when I was here listening to Thomas Soul. And as I go back and I look at those movies, that English and stuff was just as bad. But I noticed they was an outcast as well. They was hated. You know, and they was despised by the more uppity or even the middle class. Not so much wealthy, but even the middle class whites. Had nothing to do with race. Had nothing to do with color. You know, it just had to do with lower, lower, what's the best way to say that? Lower class people, if I could put it that way. They were called those type of people, you know, the East Side Kids, Bowery Boys, lower class people. And they were white. There was a culture. I think every country has a culture. I can see that now when uh, Thomas Sowell breaks that down. Every country has a poor, so-called low-class culture. Okay, where I'm going with this? My point is I want to make it clear. I understand that there are cultures in every ethnic group. There are cultures, whether it's the black culture, whether it's the white Caucasian culture, whether it's the Latino Hispanic culture, whether it's the Asian culture, you have that group of outcast people that kind of gets under your skin. Whether you wealthy, middle class, or you might just be as poor, but you've decided to go another way. And they you look at them as somewhat disgusted. Because you wonder why they can't do no better. So that happens in the black culture. So all this is way, way before the black culture. There was a lot of those type of cultures. So I'm not saying that we are the only one that's go through these things. Or black people are the only one that have these outcasts and, you know, wild living and, you know, and illicit sexes. No, I'm not saying that I'm not that naive. I keep repeating myself. I understand those cultures been going on for years. You had cultures thousands of years ago. You had cultures of Jews. You have cultures of Germans. It's different cultures, Irish gangs and Irish cultures, uneducated, unlike. So it's not only the black culture. Therefore, that's why a lot of this bothers me today because um, I have found out as well the last four or five years that black people, we make ourselves so much of a victim like we're the only one that has went through a struggle because of our color. Let me say that again. A lot of this bothered me because I educated myself. If I didn't educate myself uh, like I have the last five or you know, 10 years, or just say, since I've been saved a Christian, but just in the last five and 10 years, by me educating myself on ethnic groups and people groups and on the human race, and I don't focus on my color so much, that brings so much of an anger with me with my own ethnic group, because I'm mad, because how come they don't know what I know? How come they can't see this? They need to understand it. They need to stop this. They need to see what's going on. It's not only about us. We're not picked out. We're not, you know, those things. That's what I'm talking about. And so that kind of lingered on me and my type of thinking towards my own people now, because 
the more educated I got myself about the truthfulness of history, not only black history, but everybody, I looked at other ethnic groups and their struggles as well. It made me stop making up excuses for my people. And then I got more angry at my people when I see them becoming more of a victim and staying in their mess so much and then making up excuses and blaming a white man and bring a, it, had, it, it manifested an anger in me towards my own people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Could you relate? If you can't relate, I'm sorry. That's the best way I can break it down. Could you relate to what I'm saying? Some of you can. Okay. So that's why I say pray for me on that. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to I don't want to have no kind of ill feelings or hate feelings towards no one. But I, I don't deny the way I feel sometimes. You know, I'm trying not to deny. No, I don't have to tell you this. I don't, but I'm going to tell you, like, I don't want you to think everything goes goody-goody with me and I just think I was the right way in the godly way. No, I don't. You know, I've been in that world. I understand that I've been in the hood. You know, I, I understand that, see. So, but I have to stop judging sometimes. You know, if I change, I know a lot of people can change. I'm not going to say everybody. You hear the old term, if I can do it, you can do it. No, that's not true. Some people can't do it. Some people won't even go with, do what you have to do to get to that point. But it can be done. I'm not going to say if I can do it, you can do it. But you, 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 you or you will do it. You, you have, you can do it. It might not be as good. It might be as great to get out of your own mess. Okay, that's what I mean. I know this has been kind of long. And I don't even have a time limit on this. I take up the whole hour and 80 minutes, whatever, talking about this because this is what I want to talk about. But let's get into the hope part, that baby laughter that I talked about. Now, I, all this mess that's going on around the world. Now, I don't want to get stuck on America because this is a worldly thing. A lot of countries look at America. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday there's only one road into key west but you won't believe where it can take you travel back in time to a city rich with history discover amazing artists and musicians taste seafood fresh off the boat or just kick back and soak up the island vibe for more about key west visit flakeys.com key west close to perfect far from normal and they're surprised, they're shocked that America is falling for all this, a lot of this stuff that's going on, a lot of this evil that's going on. A lot of countries, I believe, uh, I might be going overboard by saying shocked, but I believe some of them are very shocked. Some are surprised, some are shocked, I really believe. You know, they are. But uh, <coughs> you got the midterms coming up, the midterm elections coming up. How important it is, it depends on your outlook of life. See, my outlook of life is the Bible. My outlook of life, I know what's in the future for me. But at the same time, that don't mean I just look over it. That don't mean I do. I should not vote. Not, I'm guilty of that. That don't mean that. Nothing, you know. 
I need to be an example. You're going to follow me. Don't follow everything that I do, you know, because sometimes my example is not good for you. You understand what I'm saying? So I don't make the right choices all the time. Great. So don't follow my example. Not all of my examples. Let me put it that way. Some, yeah, it's fine, but not all of my examples because I still make selfish, filly, filly decisions, you know. But my point is the midterm elections are coming up. And I talked about the difference between liberal and conservatism, you know. But what I'm saying now is, is that light under the tunnel? Is that hope for all this madness that's going on? <clears throat> Excuse me. Is there hope? Yes and no. No, I'm, I'm answering your question. Yes and no. Now, what do you mean by yes, Joe? There is hope. I started off, remember from the beginning, for the saved person, for the Christian. There is hope for the new creature, the Christian. It's a future hope. It's a spiritual hope. There is hope. That's the hope I'm talking about. Now, for the unsaved, the unbeliever, there's no hope. You can find it's going to be some light in the tunnel, but the future spiritual hope, there's no hope for the unbeliever if they continue to be an unbeliever. Let me put it that way. There's hope. There can be hope for them. And I'm getting to that later, but as long as they're in an unbelieving format and they, they still deny Jesus by not accepting him, there is no future hope for you far as, you know, the hope I'm talking about. Now, what hope is that? This is the hope I'm talking about. Even going through all this madness and the way I feel now. And I might feel like this a long way. I'm working on it not to, you know, uh, towards not only my own ethnic people, but any type of group. I don't hate no group at all. I'm just angry at minds. And hate might be a deep thing, but I don't hate my, I love my black people, men and women. But I'm despised and I'm disgusted of the reasons why they do things, the don't care attitude and stuff like that. That's what I'm bothered with and the excuses of blaming the white man. That's what I'm tired of. I'm sick of that. I'm sick of throwing a card out there like that. I used to believe that a lot of most of that is lies. It's not true. A lot of those lies are fed to you by what? Another white man, mostly on the liberal far left side. So you got somewhat far left white people telling black people to hate white people. <laughs> Let me say it again. Slowly, you have far left liberal, I say far left liberal, not all liberals, far left liberal white people telling black people that white people, their own ethnic group is out to get them and hate them. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. It ain't like this a black man telling a black man that the whites are out to get them and the whites don't like them. It's a white man, majority of the side, a liberal, far left white man or right white woman Professors, educated people, these are educated people teaching black people 
who are still spiritually in slavery and in chains, whether they accept it or not. When you accept that Kool-Aid, that means you are spiritually, you know, in a sense. White people telling black people that white people hate them. And that also brings the white guilt as well. You have the black victimhood, and then you have the white guilt. That's what I hate. I hate that. And it's okay to hate that action, not the person. But I got to the point, I started hating the people. That's how bad it got. And I said, oh, I got to get off that. I need some help. Play for me because I'm getting angry when I see don't even come on the same train. Because it's sad to say six to seven times out of ten, they're going to do something or they're going to fire up a cigarette or they're going to fire up a blunt or they're going to start talking crazy. And I know Caucasians do it well, but the, you cannot deny overwhelmingly it's the black people, mostly young people that's doing this. I don't know. I don't know the reason to all the whys besides sin, you know, why they're doing that. Okay. Let's get off that now. Let's let's talk about the hope. Now, let me talk about what could the unsaved do that's not saved for hope in their lives. Let's talk about the uh, black and white. I'm talking about any race, any, uh, any ethnic group. What could you do? Because I talked enough about black and white, you know. Let's talk about people in general. Because I'm a people. I'm, I'm teaching myself to be a people's person, you know. What could people do and what's the hope for the people that's not saved that see all this stuff happening? I don't have the answer to all of that. You know, uh, it's different. uh, Young men and young women that can get out of that type of situation. First of all, what, what do you live at? And this might hurt a few people. What do you live at? And because it had to do a lot of pride. If you're a black man or a black young lady and you live in the hood, I'm not going to say so much the ghetto because everybody in the ghetto is not bad. But you're in the hood or you have that hood culture mentality and you live in that hood mentality, okay, as a black man and a black young lady or a white man and a white young lady because even whites have hoods. You know, they have ghetto areas and they have hippie areas and they have redneck areas. So I'm talking to people. If you in that type of group and you're trying to make it and you're doing the best way you can, you're trying to get out of it. You know, nobody seems to be listening. They don't want to follow your way. And you're trying to get out of it. And if, if you can or you need to work on it, get out of it. Get out of that neighborhood. I went around that about way because I know it's more easier said than done. You just can't, everybody just can't up and move. But I'm saying, that's why I say you need to work on it. You know, or before something really bad happened. If it's that bad, find a way to try to get out of their surroundings. Forget what they say about you, whether you're black or white or whether Latino. Get out of their surrounding, Latino man. Get out of their surrounding, white man. Get out of their surrounding, uh, black man. It's mainly mostly in the black and the Latino communities, you know, that where I'm heading home with. Try to find a way to get out of there. Educate yourself better, you know. You said, my schools are like this. My school is predominantly this, Latino. My school is predominantly black and it's going down. Okay, I can understand that. Try to find another school. Uh-uh. That's all I can say. 
try to find somewhere there's no such thing as a perfect school. And there's all kind of teachers in school. And I'm talking to the young people now, you know. As long as they're still living with their parents and like that, that's another challenge. I'm not trying to be your parent. I'm not trying to be your mom. And I'm not trying to be your dad if you're listening to me. But there's ways to better yourself. And a lot of times you already know that. It's just that you don't want to leave your friends or whatever like that. Sometimes your friends are no good. They're keeping you down. Okay. So definition of friend goes different ways. Okay. All right. What's another way? What's another way? Are you in church? We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase. And no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. There's only one road into Key West. But you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Hmm. Are you in church? I ain't talking about religious groups. I ain't talking about, you know, these different cults and sects that's out there that's trying to pull you. You know, try to find someone that's going to preach Jesus. Rightly divided. Try to find more about Church. Once you get into church, ask questions to try to get to know Jesus, who Jesus was, what Jesus done. That might sound a little foreign and different. You heard stories, but try to find out yourself. Matter of fact, that ought to be the number one thing you ought to be trying to do. Get your life together in Christ. Try to find out who Jesus was. That's the number one thing. Any young man, young woman, old man, old woman, white, black, Latino, Asian, whatever, should be trying to do. Get your life together. Get your life right with Christ, point blank, because that's going to help you in the, the hope of hopes, the eternal hopes, the spiritual hopes. Because if even if you get victory and you succeed, and a lot of people do, they get their education, whether it's college, I don't I don't, I'm not going to condone nobody to go to college. College, a lot of colleges are just so wicked now. So I'm not, I'm going, I'm not going to mention college. So I may be wrong, but hey, I'm a stick to it. I'm not going to mention college. There's a lot of colleges so wicked, especially the main colleges. But there are so many uh, trade colleges or technical schools out there that you can go to. You don't have to go to a major college. You know, Major college will affect you mentally in so many ways, more than ways that make it better for you because of their philosophy of thinking. A lot of colleges are predominantly dominated by far-left atheist-thinking people, period. So I'm not going to condone you to go to college. Look for a trade school, you know, different other... It's, it's di there's so many things online that you can do now to better yourself. You can be very successful, you know, 
you know, the things I have mentioned, let's go back, you know, try to get out of your environment, try to get out of your neighborhood, whether your friends like it or not or whatever, and try to better yourself, man, and woman, try to find a church, try to learn more about Jesus, do things, it's ways that you got to be willing to try to do, you got to learn how to step out of the box, those are some of the solutions that I suggest, like I said, I'm not your mom and dad, you know. But those some of the things is there's a way. This that's always a crack of a way that you can do better. It's just a matter of you want to do it. Okay. And that goes for the older men as well. Some of them won't even leave their neighborhoods. They just live there because they feel they're obligated and they should stay in their neighborhood. They're letting their own race down. Mostly a lot of um black men and um, so more than black women. Pride keeps them in their neighborhood, keeps them in their hood. You know, keeps them where they're at because they feel that's the culture of the black man. So it's okay to just live here and be comfortable and complacent the way we live. You know, I don't have to get out the way. I don't have to move out of white man, whatever like that. What makes you think white man own all that? It ain't moving what the white man is trying to better you, especially if you got a family. Stop thinking about you and then get your family out of that mess because they are your future, okay? And I'm talking to the older uh, black men and black women now. So it's, it's different ways. And also, you need to be saved. Get yourself out of that. You know, find a church and learn more about Jesus. Why I keep saying Jesus? You know, so I didn't say learning more about the Bible. That's the only way to learn about Jesus. Or go around more Christian people, which is a good thing too. But always have your man focus first on trying to learn more about who Jesus is. And then find out what Jesus has done for you today. Because... Besides, uh, without trying to find out who Jesus was, it's just gonna you're just gonna become more religious and more of a Christian building gore. Jesus is the focus. Jesus is the reason for everything. So try to when you searching to find out anything about the Bible, first find out who Jesus was and what Jesus did. Let me say that again. If you want to learn anything about the Bible, get your mind out of just saying, I need to read the Bible more. No, you need to find out who Jesus was. And the way to read, the way to find out and understand the Bible more and more is find out who Jesus was and what Jesus did. So that's why I say focus on finding out who Jesus is yourself. And then you can find out what Jesus did. And then you go from there. Jesus first and then the Bible. I know you never heard that where you hear people say you need to find a church and read the Bible. No, you need to find out and search who Jesus was. He'll lead you to all truth that's in the Bible. It's not the Bible first. Remember, Jesus is the word. So when you search what's going on with the Bible, you got to search it through Jesus of finding out who Jesus was. So your search should be finding out who is this Jesus, not what the Bible said, but who is this Jesus and he will lead you to the truth of the Bible. Okay, there's just some advice for you. Jesus first. So there's many trade schools, there's many learning programs. There's, uh, find out more about your history. If you're a black man, find out different. Just find out. It's, oh, it's a lot of ways to better yourself, but it's just, you know, and a lot of resources. It's just you have to find the time. You have to get out of that that. That complacent mode that you're in, young man and young woman, no matter what ethnic group you're in, and go for it. Because you have a lot of poor whites out there. You have a lot of poor Latinos out there, as well as poor blacks. Everything is not about black, man. Everything's not about black. You know, you hurt Latino feelings when you talk about your issues so much. 
you hurt some of the Caucasian fellas, man, because you they feel more guilty. It's like it's almost like they don't know what's going on because a lot of them don't know about the history of their own race as being in front of Europeans and stuff like that. So get off your color, and I know that's hard. That's hard to stop thinking about you because I ain't saying ignoring that you're black. I mean, just stop loving and worshiping your color. Stop it because you're just a man in God's eyes. You're just a woman. God sees you as a black man. I mean, God sees you as a man and a woman. Not white or Caucasian. Not black, Latino. Not Asian. Not Arab or Jew. He sees you as a man and a woman first. Anthony Goose is just breaking out. So get yourself off your color. You go a long way. You go a long way. Believe me, this too. You will go a long way. It's not, it's more easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. But you go a long way, okay? Now, hope for a Christian is automatic. <laughs> so, Joe, what do you mean like that? Now, all these other things I've talked about that you can do, you're better yourself, because and all of, all those things are true with a young man or uh, or the older man or older woman are here while you're on this earth. But there are there is something after this earth. Hmm. There is something to look for spiritual after this earth. Whether you believe it or not, whether you believe it or not, the hope after this earth for the church today, the true church today, is the heavenly places. Yeah, that's what I wanted to get to. The heavenly places, the beauty of the heavenly places. This is what God got planned for the church, the body of Christ today. Now, I broke down the differences of the churches the millennial reign on earth and the heavenly places. The body of Christ's destination is the heavenly places. It's the heavenly places. We will have positions, I believe, in the heavenly places. Okay? Now, the Bible talks about and explains a lot of things through the book of Isaiah, through the book of Ezekiel, through the book of Revelation, through the book of Daniel, uh, the looks of the heavenly kingdom on earth. When Jesus come back, that's the hope for Israel and a lot of Gentile nations after the tribulation. When Jesus come back, that's the true utopia when Christ will rule as a perfect dictator. Now, the, you get the uh, the negative connotation of a dictator, but he's going to rule with a, a rod of iron as the King James Bible. That means it will be righteous. He will rule righteous. It will only be his way or no way. And his way is always right. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday we made usaa insurance to help you save take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride 
Discover how we're helping members save at usaa.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. So it's, it's different than what dictators and like the Hitlers and the, the Maos and uh, the Chavez is, uh, or, you know, all these guys or what, you know, the, what they're trying to do today with the Great Reset and all that stuff. Now, I'm not talking about that. All that is evil because all that is coming to fruition. I don't know how it's going to be a Great Reset, but it will be a new, it will be a one new world order that's already in play now. They got foreign plans and everything. Not only the, everything starts on here on Earth is taking down America. Because America is like the pole that holds a lot of nations together. You know, that's just real. So if they take down America, a lot of countries will fall with it. You know, and it's already, that's why a lot of these things that's happening now, it's not because they don't know no better. It's because they're destroying, trying to destroy America on purpose. And unfortunately, it will happen. It will happen. You know, you don't hear about a lot of American revelation or whatever like that. Besides that, I think uh, Babylon is America. I could be wrong, but I believe Babylon is America falling over because America is sold. They sold. They're not. God is not number one in America anymore because it's been taken over by a lot of left wing, you know, uh, cancer culture movement or whatever like that. That mentality. It don't take none for a type of ideology or a type of think pattern to change a country. But a few people could change a country. Even the people that have no idea what that means, they go along with it because people in America love something new. They love a new thing. Even though the old thing working well, they love a new thing. That's just the, the mentality of a lot of humans, especially here in America. So therefore, the plan is to take America down. You know, there is a plan. You know, that's not even hidden anymore. Sometimes they'll tell you that right in the face to take America down, okay? So your future hope is not America. It's not politicians. Your future hope. It's not America. Because America is going to fall. Sadly to say, but America is going to fall. Okay? But while you're here, stand up for America. Fight. Not get out there and protest. But that's up to you. Protest is okay. But don't, don't start... Picking up guns and shooting up everybody. No, just but I, but at the same time, it's okay to have a gun to protect yourself from some of these nuts that try to take over your home too. But my point is, protesting is all right. But stand up for America. You know, pray pray to God that you know He will make people in America stronger. The nation America is going to fall, but God, it's going to be some strong people that still going to be standing, even going through the times of the tribulation period when the church is gone. I won't be here. And you won't be here if you if you saved if you're a believer, okay? So that hope of the heavenly places is what we need to focus on. How beautiful heaven is, I don't know when it comes to the heavenly places, but I can tell you about some things about the heavenly places that's going to the heavenly kingdom that's going to be on earth. And if it has anything as far as visual looks, which I think is going to be better in the heavenly places. You know, because what's going what's going to be happening in uh in the heavenly earth, the heavenly kingdom, you know, the millennial reign, the thousand year kingdom, what's going to be happening here down on earth is just like it's a new replica, uh, not new, but like a replica. How it really is in heaven anyway. So the the streets of gold, you know, the pearly gates. You know, different things like that. The the, the different beauties they're gonna have. They're gonna have. Leaves and trees are going to be like they're supposed to be like medicine. Now, I'm talking about on earth here. And I'm, I'm trying to go somewhere with this. They're going to live in a millennial kingdom. 
just like they used to live long years in the past. So it would be a lot of babies made. There will still be marriages. There won't be no adultery. There won't be no fornication. There would be man and woman. Let me put that emphasis on that. Man and woman in the heavenly kingdom. Because remember, in the fullness of time in the heavenly places, there will not be no man. There will be no man, woman, and no wife, and nothing like that. You won't need that. But I'm talking about the kingdom. There will be marriage between a man and a woman. Why? Because all evil is going to be dealt with in the end. But remember, you still will have sin, but sin is not going to be very less. It's going to be almost, it's going to be that utopia that a lot of people talk about on the on here on earth. Before the new earth come, before God destroyed that earth, and he will. But before that earth gets destroyed, before he brings in the new earth, there will be a millennium utopia reign here on earth for a thousand years. And Jesus will be the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He will govern all the nations, including Jerusalem. Everything will be mostly spotted in around Jerusalem on this earth. There will be heaven on earth, on this earth. And all the nations will be submitted to the king Jesus. And Jesus will be the number one government. He will dictate everything that goes around, not only in Jerusalem, but around the nations. Okay? I'm going to do, I'm going to get into a lot of that and I'm going to show scriptures. I'm going to show a few, I'm going to show scriptures. Matter of fact, I'm going to read a few scriptures to give you a taste of the heavenly kingdom. Not now. Then I'm gonna tell you. Don't try to seek to go. Don't try to seek to go to the heavenly kingdom. You gonna say what, Joe? I'm gonna explain to you why I say don't search to make it to the heavenly kingdom, the pearly gates. Don't seek to try to get to the pearly gates. And I'm gonna tell you why. Let me read some scriptures. Okay. Let me read some. What is going to be like on the heavenly kingdom? And the reason I'm reading about the heavenly kingdom on earth, because the Bible does not say much about the heavenly places, what the body of Christ is going to be, body of Christ as the church today. That's why I'm reading about the heavenly kingdom that's going to be ran also. See, Christ is, Christ is going to be the end of ends. The beginning of the beginning, the A to Z, and the end of ends. That means he's going to be continually ruling in the heavenly places, heaven and on earth. It's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But this is one of the places that Christ is going to be ruling on earth in the thousand year reign of Christ after the tribulation period, after the seven year tribulation period. What is the tribulation period? The wrath of God that's going to come on the church sometimes after the catching away the rapture of the church or the catching away of the church. This is just some of the attributes of uh, the heavenly kingdom on earth. Okay. Where Jesus is going to reign on earth. Isaiah 35. If you have a Bible, go to Isaiah 35. If you don't, uh, that's okay. I'll just read it. Just go back to it later on this podcast. Now, Isaiah 35 reads. Now, this is the heavenly kingdom of earth. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. Now, this is just a picture of the heavenly kingdom on earth. This is the utopia, the true heavenly utopia, not man's utopia. Chapter verse 2. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon, 
they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Now, I'm reading out of the King James Bible, so I'm using that English literature, you know. But anyway, just breaking down the beauty of the heavenly kingdom. Three says, strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Verse four, say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not, behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense. Recompense means payback. He will pay back. He will come and save you. Now, what is he talking about there? That's a tribulation period. God will come back in the, form, in the body form of Jesus Christ. You know, he will take vengeance for you. So this, this contradicts that people say that God is only the God of love. He's of peace. Yes, God's love and peace comes through war. A lot of times through the Bible, majority of the times, even through the Old Testament, God's love comes through peace and war. He cleans the house. So this is what he's doing now when he say, our God will come with vengeance, even God with that recompense. He will come and re repay, recompense. King James means repay. He will repay the evil that's been done and he will clean that out. He's going to get you together. He's going to clean out all the mess and all the evil. If that was today, all this corruption going on with this corrupted government around the world, not only the United States, God just said, if it was today, going on today, God is going to cleanse all of that away. You can't even comprehend how that would be without all this wickedness going on. Okay. Verse 5, Isaiah 35, verse 5, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Now, Jesus done a lot of that when he first came on the earth. Remember, remember this, when Jesus came and started healing the blind and started opening the ears of the deaf, he did not do that just because he just felt bad for the world. Okay, now that part of that was because remember, but you got to remember, he didn't go around other nations doing it. This was only done for Israel. You had a few exceptions of Gentiles, nations, but this was mostly done for Israel. The blinding of the eyes, if you read your Bible, it was done in Israel. Why? Because he was giving them a picture how this kingdom I'm talking about, this thousand-year millennial kingdom is going to be. There would be no blind. There would be no death. There would be no mental disorders. There would be no drug addicts. There would be none of that stuff. You know, I'm just, you know, using that example. In this kingdom. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart. Remember, the lame man, there are going to be no lame persons in this kingdom. And the tongue of the dumb shall sing. That means if you can't speak, you're going to be able to sing. You're going to be able to talk. There's not going to be no kind of ailments, okay? For in the wilderness shall waters break out in streams in the desert. Beautiful waters and perfect streams. And the, verse 7 and 35, and the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water, and the habitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass and reeds and rushes, and a highway. So therefore, there will be, be a highway, not a highway as a highway in the streets, what's going on now. I don't know how the highway is going to be, but highway just means an opening. That's the way I look. It just means an opening. So when it says, and a highway shall be there, that means it's going to be a highway they can walk right through without no evil, without nothing stopping them. Woo! And a highway shall be there in a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. There will be a highway to the way of holiness in this millennium thousand-year kingdom when Christ reigns. The unclean shall not pass over it. What is the unclean? No evil. Unclean means unclean. No evil person. No sin shall stop you. There will be none of that in this kingdom. But it shall be for those the wayfaring man, though fools shall not 
earth therein. I mean, there will be no fools. There will be no evil around that area. Now, you have outside nations, you know, because Satan will come back and, uh, you know, manipulate a lot of them. But I'm just talking about within that kingdom where all the nations will have to walk through. They're not going to be able to bring their junk. They're not going to be able to bring their mess because God's holiness is going to stop it. God is going to wipe and clean all that. He's going to make that highway. He's going to make that path. This is the part of the hope for the kingdom program. I'm, I'm putting emphasis on kingdom program, okay? All right, let's go to Isaiah 66. I'm just going to read it through, okay? Isaiah 66. Thus said the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Not now. Remember Satan, little G is the God of this world. But he's talking about the future millennium earthly kingdom. So I want to put that out there, all right? Because you know that ain't going on now. Thus said the Lord, the Lord, the heaven is my throne where the body of Christ is going to be. And the earth is my footstool where the millennium kingdom is going to be. Where is the house that ye build unto me? And where is the place of thy rest? For all those things hath mine had made. And all those things have been said the Lord. But to this man will I look even to him that is poor and in a contrite spirit and trembling in my word. He that killed an ox is as if he's blah, blah, blah. Okay, let me try to find what I'm looking for here. Ooh. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy of my people and the voice of weeping shall be no more. Okay, this is Isaiah 65 and 19. Okay, let's go to 17. For behold, I create new heavens. Here we go. And a new earth. This is Isaiah 65 and 17. If you got a King James, please get your King James Bible. I will behold and create new heavens and a new earth. Remember I talked about there would be a new heaven and a new earth. Peter talked about that in Second Peter. And Revelation talks about that. That's going to come down in the fullness of times after uh, the millennial reign of Christ. Okay. For behold, I create new heavens. God is going to create new heavens, plural, and a new earth. Okay, and the former shall not be remembered nor come to mind. That means this is going to be so beautiful and so great. The people not the people that's going to reign in this kingdom is not going to even remember the former or the old kingdom. That's going to that's not going to be an afterthought. Just like when you be in heaven, you're not going to be thinking about what's going on on earth. That's going to be gone. Not that you know, you're not, 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 not saying that you're not going to know it never happened, but you're not going to be thinking about that. You know how you find something good. You don't think about what happened in the past because something that's better has happened. Okay. Verse 18 and 65 of Isaiah. But be ye glad and rejoice for even in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem. A rejoicing and her people a joy. Now, this is a new Jerusalem. Not Jerusalem. What's going on now, which is corrupt. This is going to be the new Jerusalem. Remember, in the book of Revelation, God came back with a new bride. The new bride is the new Jerusalem. Remember that. It's not the church. It's not the body of Christ, like a lot of ministers say. The new bride is the new Jerusalem, where the, the kingdom of heaven and Israel is going to reign. I create Jerusalem, a rejoicing and her people of joy. 19 and 65, Isaiah. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people and the voice of the weeping shall be no more. 
heard and heard. Man, there would be no more crying. Oh, my God. There would be no more weeping and no more sadness. Okay. Verse 20. There shall be no more thence and infant of days. Now, this is deep. Listen to this. There shall no more be no more thence and infant of days. No time for infants. There's no age, almost close to no age limit. Nor old man that hath not filled his days. What does it mean like that? For the, the, remember back in the time past, Noah and all them men lived up to close to a thousand years. Up to nine. Remember, this is a thousand year millennium. Life is going to go back like it was, like it had in Genesis 5, when people lived up close to a thousand years. It's going to go right back to that. This is what this means. An old man is not an old man. When he's a hundred years old, he's still young, even a baby. Let me let me let me let the scripture speak for itself. Verse twenty in Isaiah sixty-five: There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not lifted his days. Listen to this: For the child shall die a hundred years. Now, remember, I used to talk about that, but this is the Bible now. For a child shall shall for a child shall die a hundred years old. So, in other words. A child will still be a child, even at 100 years old, because remember, they live longer years now. That's going to be restored in this new kingdom. But the sinner being 100 years old shall be a curse. I mean, a child living 100 years, but a sinner is cursed. Now, you live 100 years today. You don't live past that if you get that far because you're cursed. But remember, the curse has been lifted. So a child curse brings death. So let's stop the age limit, okay? You have a limit. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, that brought death. Sin brought, remember, death. Death brought what? A curse. So that started the age limit. Time was cut. But it slowly but surely didn't happen right away. That's why people were still living a long time. But slowly, even after the flood of Noah, I believe, people started dying a little faster. But before that, people was living a long time. Remember, Noah died at 100, 950 years old. Remember, the oldest person in the Bible to ever live was Methuselah. He died at 969 years old. I think another, uh, 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 Jared, he was the second notice. I believe he died at 940-something something years old. But I know Noah was 950. Adam died at 939 years. You know, remember those ages, you know, was when Noah was having kids, when Noah, started building, Noah first started building an ark <clears throat> in uh, Genesis 10, Noah was 500 years old. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday when you save on auto insurance for driving safe with usaa safe pilot you'll feel like a big deal even in a traffic jam save up to 30 percent with usaa safe pilot restrictions apply my point is there was a longer lifespan than you know after the garden of eden i mean the curse brung death but this is going to come to the point in the millennial reign of christ a thousand year 
kingdom. I'm not even talking about after the new heaven and the new earth. Even the new heaven and the new earth, there really not going to be no age limit. And but 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 on the millennial reigning king, a child could be a hundred, but still go still go, be considered a child. Oh, let me continue. All right, verse twenty one, and they shall build houses and inhabit them. You're still going to be building houses, okay? Habit means they're going to be living in them. So they're still going to be building houses. There's still going to be construction, and they're still going to be living in houses. Okay, any myths that's against that, the Bible disproves that right there. And they shall plant vineyards. They shall be plant, planting vineyards and doing stuff like that and eat the fruit of them. They will eat their own vineyard. They will be able, in that kingdom reign, be able to plant their own vineyards, their own fruits, and not worry about nobody bothering, not worry about bad books, not bad books, <laughs> insects. All this other garbage and all this other stuff and droughts. They were not, the fruits will expand. The fruits will be as beautiful as I don't know what because you don't have that curse anymore. The curse will be lifted so it will be perfect again, okay? Verse 21, and they shall build houses and inhabit them. And they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. You'll be able to eat your own fruit, okay? 22, and they shall not build and another inhabit. Hmm. Listen to that again. They shall not build and another inhabit. What I believe this is saying, you will be able to build your own and not worry about nobody taking it from you. It will be yours. Whatever you build will be yours. In other words, there ain't going to be no government telling you how many taxes to pay. Or if you don't take care of that, we're going to come take your home. Right. All of this is man-made. It's from a curse. Just you cannot comprehend what all that is gone. I'm talking about true hope. I'm talking about future hope now for this kingdom. I'm going to tell you why I'm separating that from the heavenly kingdom. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not they shall not plant and another eat. In other words, whatever you plant and whatever you put in the ground and plant, ain't no mother person going to be able to come and take it. It's going to be yours. Okay, you ain't got to worry about government or states or all of that, that man-made law. None of that happened. It's going to be taken care of, wiped out by God. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people. Listen to this. Why does the Bible use a tree for an example of long life? Tree is one of the oldest plants that live the longest today. You have trees thousands of years old. See, for as the days of the tree are the days of my people, that means people going to be living as long as trees live. Trees live over a thousand years. So that's telling God, you people in those days on the kingdom will live over some, over, probably maybe over 900, 1,000 years. That was, you know, according to that. It doesn't say how long, but it's over five, six hundred, eight hundred years because trees are old. You have some of the oldest trees even today, even in Lebanon and even some in Israel, some of the oldest trees in America. That's why he used the tree. All right. For <clears throat> for as the days of a tree are the days of my people and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. You, they, and I'm going to say you and I'm going to say I and I'm going to tell you why. But those are ones in that millennium kingdom will enjoy the work or the fruits of their own labor. That means whatever work they're doing, it will be work. Whatever things they plant, it will be plant and blah, blah, blah. But the difference is they will.
be able to enjoy their own labor. They will have healing leaves, the book of Revelation talk about that. They will, they will have certain streams and everything for medicines, whatever. There won't be no pharmaceuticals. There won't be no big pharma. There won't be no CDC. There will not be no FDA. There will not be no WHO. There will not be no vaccine mandates. None of this stuff. Why? Because you're going to have the trees, the natural resources, perfectly made again like they was in the Garden of Eden. In this in this millennium ring reign kingdom on earth, and Jesus will be the king. This is a perfect utopia that's going to happen on the earth. Okay, they shall not labor in vain, and that labor won't be for nothing. You enjoy your work, you will enjoy. They will enjoy your work. I keep saying us, but <laughs> they will enjoy their work, nor bring forth a trouble, for that they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. What is that offspring? That means they will have kids. It would be baby making, like I said, but it would be through marriage. It won't be no fornication, adultery, and be man and woman, not man and man and woman and woman. It would be perfect again, man and woman. There would be lots of kids because I think some historian, Josephus, uh, said, and this is a, a theory, I don't know how true this is, that Adam, maybe Adam, besides Cain and Abel, had over at least over 33 kids and about 33 sons, about 20 some daughters. Adam and Eve. And you got to remember, how could people have so many kids? Because they live longer. Just imagine you living close to 900 years, how many kids you can have. That's how the earth is going to be populated again. There's going to be billions and billions and, and within a thousand years of the millennial reign. So with all that pre-population and stuff like that, there will be many families growing and growing and growing and growing and growing like that, you know, in the millennium kingdom before the fullness of times, before the new earth comes, there will be billions and billions of people that I don't mean all of them going to heaven, but there will be billions and billions of people. Okay. I mean, not heaven, but be ready for the setup. In other words, and 24, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear, I will be there. I will hear you. I will be there for you. Listen to this 25 and the wolf and the lamb will feed together. Now, you know the wolf and the lamb today. The wolf is always looking to eat the lamb. Now, even humans are looking to eat the lamb. <laughs> but my point is, the wolf and the lamb will be together. Remember the days of uh, uh, Genesis? The beginning? You know, mostly all, all the animals and even humans were carnivorous. In other words, the animals were carnivorous. Carnivorous meaning they was... Uh, uh, I mean, it was not carnivorous. Actually, they call it hernivious. So hernivious is more, they was vegetarians. They only ate vegetables and plants. The carnivious type of eaters came after the curse. So meat eating came after the curse. There was no meat eating from the animals or humans pre-Adamic during the Adam times, you know, far as that. That wasn't. That came after, you know, far as that. So they're going to be the, uh, you know, they're going to be back to vegetarians most of the time, I believe, you know. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer that, okay, the wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock. Remember, the lion is a meat eater. It's carnivorous. But it's going back to what it used to do. It used to be what the carnivorous, I believe. And it's going to eat back vegetables and everything. That's what it means. And it shall eat straw. It would be strawing and doing like that. Or even grazing like a lot of cows do. Okay. All right. The bullock and the dust shall be the serpent's meat. I mean, the serpent won't attack man and everything like that. The serpent rolls on his belly. So the dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountains. 
mountain, said the Lord. Who wears the holy mountain? The millennium reign of Christ on earth. Okay. 66, thus said the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. I read that. Where is the house that ye build and two men? Where is the place of my rest? Okay, those are just some of the chapters in the Bible. Uh, uh, Isaiah 1 talks about a lot of things as well. I remember it talks about, uh, I talked about Isaiah 35, but it's somewhere in Isaiah the first chapter that, uh, this is good stuff, you all. This is very good stuff that the Bible talks about, you know. And, uh, what about this vision? Let me just read it a little bit. I, I might, but I, you know, I should have wrote some of this stuff down. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which, uh, he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O ye heavens. Okay, all sinful nations, you know. The book of Isaiah, I can't find it right now, but later on down the line, I'll try to find those scriptures. But I led, that's just a few of the chapters in the Bible. When you read the book of Isaiah, and like the book of Ezekiel, and uh, I think uh, the book of Daniel, and the book of Revelations, and books like that, they breaking down the punishment of Israel. Remember, the seven-year tribulation is really a wrath on Israel. It's their last chastisement that Israel has to go through. Remember, they had they, the 483 years, according to the book of Daniel, the 70 weeks of Daniel, 483 has been fulfilled. The other one has been postponed. Okay, 483, they have seven more years to go. It was postponed because of their disobedience to Stone and Stephen. So it got postponed in the book of Acts uh, at seven, it got postponed. So that seven year tribulation that's supposed to happen back then was postponed by God. That's when he brought in the church today, the body of Christ through the apostle Paul. So it's been postponed for thousands of years and there will be resumed back in the tribulation period when the body of Christ, the church today is caught away, raptured. That's when that last seven years that was prophesied by Daniel and the book of uh, Daniel, the 70 weeks of Daniel will be continued. That's what a seven year tribulation is for Israel, but the other nations that didn't believe in Jesus and back then, and, the, and, that, and that cursing, why they had to go through the tribulation as well, that's something that's for Israel, is because of the unbelief of Jesus and the last dispensation which is then the body of Christ, of the gospel of the grace of God. So if you don't accept Jesus today, you have to go through that tribulation, that Israel's last chastisement that they had to go. Chastisement means punishment. That means a discipline. God must discipline Israel for the final time. That's what the seven-year tribulation means. Israel will get disciplined. By Israel getting disciplined, but within those seven years, that's like a purging. That's going to be the separation from the wheat and the tares. Jesus talks about in Matthew 24 and other chapters in the book of Luke. The separation of the wheat and tares, the parables that Jesus, what the stories that Jesus was talking about. That's the separation. It's got like, like a purging. God is going to wipe out a lot of things. Jesus is going to come down for war. He's going to wipe out. It's going to be blood. There's going to be, then he's going to go through the battle of Armageddon. You know, Jesus is going to wipe out this, this, the, uh, a lot of these wicked nations in the battle of Armageddon. Then, you know, now the battle of Armageddon is not the same of the battle between God and Magog. Some people think that's Russia and China. It doesn't matter. But Bob, God and Magog is going to happen right at the end of the, uh, uh, 
after the millennium reign, after the thousand year period, going into the new heaven and new earth creation, God is going to be one last battle. So the battle of Armageddon is not the last battle on earth. It's the battle of Gog and Magog when God will pull down fire, when Gog and Magog are going to form this gigantic army and try to take out Jerusalem. God is going to rain down fire from heaven and destroy and wipe all of them out. That's God. That's, he's going to destroy those wicked nations that Satan had conjured up. When Satan get released from his bottomless pit, he's going to get released after the thousand years. Now, the thousand years is a long time. Now, after the thousand years, Satan is going to get released and he's going, how he's going to do it physically, whatever. I don't know what form or I don't know mention. I don't know. The Bible does not say, but he's going to conjure up nations from around, around Gentile nations. You know, he's going to conjure up and they're going to try to bring down Jerusalem, the millennium kingdom of Christ. And uh, God is going to rain down fire from heaven to wipe them out. And that's going to be the end of times. And then we're going to go into the fullness of times. Then the heaven, the new heaven and the earth, God is going to wipe out the new earth. And he's going to wipe out, he's going to melt it, period. He's going to wipe all that off. And he's going to bring down the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, the new earth. And it's going to be the great white throne judgment. And then after the great white throne judgment, you know, blah, blah, you know, the ones that, the, the unbelievers that never accepted Christ, you know, through those past times and everything like that will be through in the lake of fire. And I heard for some teachers, they believe it's going to be different uh, departments or different judgments of their punishment. I don't know about that. That could be true. I don't know. I need to study up more on that. But it will be some suffering in the lake of fire. And then after those judgments, then the, the last ones is going to be dealt with is going to be who's going to be hell and death. So if death, death, what that means, sin is gone. There's going to be no more sin. There's going to be no no death. Death, where's your stain? The stain is going to be gone. And hell is going to be through in the lake of fire. And then there will be total perfectness. There will be fullness of times. There will be no age limits. Not even a thousand years. People will live forever, forever, and ever, and ever. And Christ will rule as king of kings in this fullness of time. Beautiful, beautiful truth. This is the word of God. That's the millennium kingdom. That's the hope I'm talking about for the kingdom on earth. Now, for the ones that's, that hear me, that hear what I'm saying and heard what I was talking about from the beginning even until now. I told you about the beautiness and I've read a few scriptures. There's more. That, that would take more reading. That would take more reading. And it's worth it. The, in other words, the Bible talks a lot about the looks and what's going to be happening on the millennium kingdom on earth. Now, the millennium kingdom on earth is not heaven. Let me say that again. The millennium kingdom on earth, what I was just reading about and telling you about, of one of the hopes, is not heaven. One more time, the millennium kingdom on earth, what I was just talking about, is not heaven. That's for the reign of Israel. That's what the 12 apostles is going to be judges over, the 12 tribes of Israel. Remember that? They're going to be judges there. I think King David, according to the book of Jeremiah, he's going to have a position there. Abraham and all of them are going to do, going to do a lot of reigning there on the millennial kingdom. Okay, that is not heaven where the church today is going to be when if you're saved, if you die today, you're going to the heavenly places. So that's why I wanted to get this through. There's a couple of there's only one hope really that we should be looking for. Don't stop looking for this millennium kingdom reign. 
Because what you should be looking for is the heavenly places where just as I believe it's going to be just as awesome, just as beautiful, or even more, because it's almost like a duplicate. This millennium kingdom just have all this utopia perfectness. It's not heaven. Heaven is even more awesome. Paul, Pastor Paul couldn't even describe heaven. It was so many words that he even, it was too deep for to describe. So God put a thorn by Satan in his side to keep him from boasting and bragging. Okay. I don't want to get too far, but my point is, let's talk about heaven. It's not a lot of things about heaven, but heaven does give you a few visions from the Apostle John and other scriptures about what's in heaven. The angelic, the, the angels, you know, I believe angels will be going back and forth and maybe we will uh, be going back and forth to the heavenly kingdom as well. I don't know, but I know in the heavenly places and in heaven itself, the third heavens, the Bible only mentions angels and it mentions the cherubims. That Satan used to be. He's the fallen cherub. Then it mentions the seraphims. Angelic beings. Then it mentions the, the, the elders. Then it mentions the worship. And this person sitting on the throne. And it has so many formations. The different faces of these cherubims. And these different. Uh, see that's just a little picture of heaven. I believe we cannot. This finite body and mind cannot comprehend the visual beauty. Because the beauty of heaven is very different than the beauty we, we call beauty here on earth. We cannot comprehend the beauty of of heaven or the heavenly kingdom, but especially the heavenly places, okay, where the body of Christ is supposed to reign at. My point is, and I'm going to leave with this, after all that I read about the heavenly millennium kingdom, it's not heaven itself, where the body of Christ is supposed to be at. You said, really, Joe? No. No, it's not. So my point is this. I come down to this. The hope, is there going to ever be hope? Yes. But the hope must be in Jesus. The only way the, for you believing in Jesus, you will be able to see that heavenly place in the heavenlies. You don't want to die looking to see the pearly gates. Because the pearly gates is, I'm not saying there's no pearly gates in the heavenly places, but the pearly gates that the Bible is talking about is the new millennium kingdom that's going to be on earth. It's not talking about heaven. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday with starbucks holiday blend for nespresso virtuo now exclusively at target there are even more ways to share the joy savor every smooth and festive sip all holiday season with friends and family at home to fill every indulgent day with cheer jerusalem's goal was to go to have a kingdom on earth it never was to go to heaven they never talked about going to heaven they talked about going to earth if heaven was mentioned it was because the heaven coming down on earth the famous prayer that many people call the lord's prayer was their prayer of bringing the kingdom on earth that kingdom come that will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. The Jerusalem and Israel was praying for that kingdom to come down on earth because it was promised through them, through the past prophets in Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all those was about the kingdom of heaven on earth. Not going to heaven, it was coming down. Their prayer was for the setup of the new kingdom, the beauty that used to be Solomon's, King David reigned and stuff like that. That's what Israel was always looking for, not to go to heaven, but bring that set up that new kingdom on earth that's been promised to them. You understand what I'm saying now? So there's two dwelling places, one for Jerusalem and the kingdom program and Gentile nations and one for the body of Christ, the new creature, one for the born again believers the Jerusalem program, and one for the new creatures. Yes, there is a born-again group, but it's not the body of Christ. The body of Christ is not the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ is not the body of Christ. The, body, the bride of Christ is the new Jerusalem, and it's new, and it's for Israel. It's for the millennial kingdom. The body of Christ is the new creature. There's a lot of confusion in the church about putting them together. You can't. One is the body of Christ, and one is the bride of Christ, okay? The body of Christ is not the bride of Christ. We're not the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ is Israel. The bride of Christ is setting up for the new millennium. The bride of Christ is the ones that made it through the tribulation, the past, and the future. The bride of Christ is the ones that got beheaded and made it through. They are setting up. They get adorned. They always would look at as feminine. Not not in a sexual way, but I'm just saying about them being a pride, uh, the bride and Christ being a groom. This is what the millennium kingdom is set up for. The bride of Christ, which is Israel. The born again, which is Israel and the other nations. Okay, So the body of Christ destiny is the heavenly places. What will we be doing in the heavenly places? I don't know. Many people have their speculations. Many people have certain... I don't like to speculate too much, but I know it will be beautiful. Many people think we will have positions. We'll be taking over a lot of positions. Remember, uh, the Satan and the fallen angels used to dwell in the heavenly places. Now, when the King James mentions that we are going to the heavenly places, it says heavenly places. Where is that at? It's in the heavenly realms. See? The Bible does not be very specific what that means, but it's the heavenly places. Satan, Satan used to reign and dwell in the heavenly places. I don't like to add none that I don't see, you know, or take out what I don't know. But we're going to be in the heavenly places. I believe we're going to have positions. This is my uh, uh, my uh, my opinion on that. And, you know, we're going to dwell with Christ forever and ever and ever in the heavenly places with Christ. That's a promise. What we'll be doing, I don't know. I think we can't even comprehend if God explained it like he do the millennial kingdom. So I believe it's something more advanced even over the millennial kingdom. This is my opinion now. It's just an opinion. I believe it's something more advanced. But I know we will be in the heavenly places. And the heavenly kingdom cannot be no more advanced than the heavenly things that's in heaven. You know, you know but that's just an opinion. My point is, both of them are beautiful and awesome, but both of them are for two programs, two groups, two separate groups. Now, where would we be able to go? I know the body of Christ probably can go to the millennium kingdom and back and forth. I don't know. Will it be animals in the heavenly places? I believe so, but I don't know. Will it be marriage in the heavenly places? No, that won't be in the heavenly places because uh, Jesus said there's no marriage in heaven. So there would not we would not we would not have no need in marriage, but we will know each other. But there would be no desire for marriage and nothing like that because we would be satisfied through Christ and God. But the kingdom, millennial kingdom, there would be marriage and stuff like that, and children in the millennial kingdom. Okay, that's my point. 
So you don't want to get confused when I talk about marriage and having babies. No, this is not heaven. This is the millennium kingdom. The heavenly places, the Bible said there will be no marriage or nothing like that. Everything's going to be super perfect. We have supernatural bodies. Therefore, we won't have that desire, that type of satisfaction for that type of sexual desire. There will be no need. We'll be fully satisfied and taken care of already. Those desires will already be taken care of in the heavenly places, but it will be still manifest itself in the millennium kingdom. Now, when a new heaven and a new earth come in the fullness in times, that's a whole new different story. See, there's a whole new different story, and I have to study more up on that. But that's what I want to get through. Don't put your focus on a pearly gates and everything. That's a beautiful thing to understand that. But do look at it this way. It's a beautiful place that's going to be awesome. Awesome that you, this, these finite minds cannot comprehend. But that is not where you will go. If you die today in the body of Christ, if you're saved, you go on to be with Jesus in the heavenly places. And then when the catching where the church happens, the rapture of the church, this old, smelly, dying, overweight and underweight body will be transformed because you're going up to there invisible spiritually like God. God is the spirit. All his attributes and his things is done through Jesus. So when you look at Jesus, you look at God because God is invisible. He uses Jesus. See, that's why you call Jesus God. Jesus is God, okay? Because God manifests himself through his son, Jesus, the third part of the Godhead. Not so much the Trinity. I'm, I'm not using Trinity no more. I'm trying to stay away from Trinity because the people get into base and confused. But the Godhead is in the Bible, which means there are three parts of God, okay? The, the, God the Father, God the Spirit, God the, the, uh, the Son, you know? And all is going to come down to Jesus. He's going to reign in the fullness of time, the millennium kingdom, and the heavenly places. Jesus is going to be king of kings and lord of lords. Okay? That's another teaching. I'm going to get, get into that as well. But when you die today, if you are in the body of Christ, if you are in the church today, you will be spiritually, first of all, you will go to the heavenly places. And your fleshly body will go back to the dust where it was created, where it came from. Okay, and then the capturing away of the church, the rapture of the church, when Jesus come back, we will meet him in the air. He will come and call his church. It would be the last trump of God, according to First Thessalonians, the last trump of God. He will call his body. Remember his body, not his bride. They're not the same. He will call his body because he's the head. In other words, his body parts, he's going to call his body, which is the church, and we're going to meet him in the air. You know, our spirits, our new spirits, our new quick and made alive spirits, our dead bodies are going to be in a, you know, whatever like that. We're going to meet him in the air. You know, bodies are going to be transformed. Okay, I got messed up right there. Now, let me put it this way. If I'm alive and the catching away and the rapture happened today, I'm instantly with Christ and I will get a new supernatural body. My body will not go back to the grave. Everything go at one time. I will get a new supernatural body. You know. Now, if I die or pass away. Uh, that sounds more nicer than just if I die. But if I pass away <laughs> and before the catching away of the church, my spirit will only go with Christ. See, and I would be with him forever already in spirit. But when he come back and get the church, 
and the rapture time, he's just my body is going to be resurrected. This old body is going to become new, and my body is going to connect with my spirit in the heavenly places. If if the rapture happened today, my new body instantly, I'm going to be transformed, supernatural, immortal. But if I die before the catching away of the church, only my spirit goes and belongs. I would be invisible. I will not have a body. I would be invisible. Now, how that look, I don't know. But I would be invisible in the heavenly places until my renewed body come after the rapture. You understand that, people. I hope you understand that. Heavenly places is the destiny for the body of Christ today. Okay. Going to heaven. Not setting up for the millennial reign of Christ. Now, if you get your mind focused and set on reigning on earth, you have a problem here. You say, what's the problem, Joe? How come I cannot hope for that? Why? Because in order for you to want to be set up in that kingdom, you will have to go through the seven-year tribulation to be set up for that kingdom that I talked to you about earlier. You will have to go through the seven-year tribulation. Here's the other problem with that. If you're not saved, you're going to go through that. God's grace is going to be tucking away. What do you mean by that? That means the kingdom, the way to be saved is going to be harder because today the way to be saved is just believing in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, correct? And receiving that. But after the grace period, after that dispensation, after that grace period is gone, after the rapture, after the catching away, there's no more grace period. It goes back to the kingdom period. That means you have to believe in the kingdom programs. That means the laws got to come back. There's going to be certain commandments you have to endure until the end. To stay, when you get saved, you have to stay saved. That means you can lose your salvation in that time. Today, you cannot lose your salvation. It's set with the seal of the Holy Spirit. But back in the pro, uh, kingdom program, that's why the book of Matthew is talking about, if you endure to the end, thou shalt be saved. Israel's salvation is future. Therefore, you will have to go through the tribulation. You will have to endure. So, Joe, what are you talking about? Okay, the mark of the beast, all that is going to be taking place in the millennium kingdom. That means if you decide to follow Christ and believe in the laws and his, his his program, you're going to have to continue to do that. You can backslide then, if I can use that term. And if you backslide, you just say, I don't want to follow Christ no more. And you wind up selling your soul to the devil. You lost your salvation. So you're going to, you will lose, you can't lose your salvation in the millennium kingdom because there's an enduring and there's a not enduring. You, you understand what I'm saying? There's no more grace. You cannot have it as, as easy as you have it now in the day of the dispensation of grace. Millennial kingdom, there's no more dispensation. There's another dispensation. There's another time. Therefore, your sins will pile up again. The new sins, not the old sins, you know, before the rapture. That means whatever sins you commit after the rapture will be added and added and added and you will be judged at the the judgments at the white great white throne judgment on your uh, your sins will be judged again today if you get saved today your sins are not judged they already been taken care of Christ done it on the cross but after the uh the catching away of the church your your sins your new sins whatever you create whatever you commit after the uh rapture will be added to you 
not the old ones you done through the grace period, but anything after the rapture you commit sin is going to be added to you. My point is, I have to hurry up because I'm trying to probably get a lot of you lost. My point is, it's going to be much, much harder to get through the tribulation because remember, if you decide, this is the third part. The first part, remember, you have to go through the tribulation. You're not guaranteed to make it through the tribulation. The second part is you have to endure through the tribulation, okay? You have to endure. The third part, even if you endure, you will have, nine times a ten, you're going to be beheaded because you, you're not going to sell, you're not going to, you will refuse to disbelieve that Jesus is the Christ. You have to be under the, the domain of the Antichrist. Therefore, if you just say, no, I will not follow you, I will not take the mark of the beast. So if you don't take the mark of the beast, you're going to be beheaded. You're going to be tortured and beheaded. That's the third part. But you will be getting ready after the tribulation. You will reign with Christ in his millennium kingdom. So those steps you will have to go through. It will be a time the majority of the people will give up their salvation. The majority of people will are going to lose their salvation because it's going to be so hectic. Because you're going to have a lot of miracles. You're going to have a lot of more demonic things going on. You think people are getting influenced and, and, and things now just went to their kingdom. It's, not, it's going to be close to even... Possible of getting through that millennium kingdom. That's why I'm saying stop looking for that. You salvation is now. The Bible would not say the time of salvation is now. If that's the case, the Bible would have said, okay, okay, you don't have to uh, go through this uh, way to go to heaven now. You, I, I give you time, and you know you can make it through the millennium kingdom. So you have two times to uh, to be saved. You can get saved now, or just. Uh, don't worry about that. Just get saved after, you know, I come get to church and you. I'll just wait for you then after you go through the tribulation. Does the Bible teach that? Nowhere in the Bible. The emphasis is put on salvation now, not later. Because God knows majority of people are not going to make it. There's going to be new generations that's going to make it. But the majority of people, if you ain't accepted Christ now, you're not going to accept it then because it's going to be harder and tougher, more lies and more deception, more false teachers and more false leaders. That's my point. The time of salvation is now. How to be saved is believing in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and receive it in your heart. Believe it sincerely and you will be saved and you will be set, and that hope will be set for you. That light and the tunnel, I'm always talking about spiritually, will be yours for the heavenly places. And the heavenly places, not the kingdom on earth. Period. God bless you. This is Joseph Brownlee of BOCRT, W1964, Body of Christ. This is real talk. I hope you enjoyed this teaching for today. God bless you all. I went long, but it is worth it. When I go long, that means it is meant for you to hear. And I hope I got it through to you guys and young ladies. Salvation is today. Christ is still on the throne. Your hope should be in the heavenly places, in heaven, not on earth, in the millennium kingdom. Both of them are wonderful, but one is for today. One is the heavenly places. No tribulation. You can't even handle what's going on now. How you going to try to make it through the tribulation? Why would you even plan to want to go through the tribulation? Why wouldn't you want to just go with Jesus now if he come or even if you pass away? Why wouldn't you want to do that today? It's selfish reason. You don't believe it. 
unbelief. Everything comes down to unbelief. Everything comes down to unbelief, period. I don't care about you believe it happened or you believe there is. Your unbelief about not accepting Christ today and you go sit up here and say, I want to, I want to, I want to make it through. Y'all want to go through that? No, you got to go through that tribulation, period. And nine times out of ten, you're not going to make it through because things Satan is going to come down on this earth. He's going to come out of the heavenly places. He's going to set foot on this earth, entering the beast, which is called the Antichrist. Satan is not on this earth now, but he will be on the earth in the tribulation period. You think you're going through hell now? Wait till he come on this earth because he's going to come down with the wrath. He's angry. He's jealous of people already because the uh, the body of Christ is going to take over the heavenly places where he used to be. So he's already angry. You don't want to have to go through that. It's not worth trying to go through that to get through the, the millennium kingdom where you're going to have something even better in the heavenly places. Okay? Duh, come on. God bless you all. I love you all. This is Joseph Brown. We're straight out real talk. God bless you all. Sleep on this. Think about this. And while you're sleeping, I always remember, you can go anytime. You're not promised day by day. You're not promised hour by hour. You're not promised minute by minute, like I always say. The time of salvation is now. Set your mind on things above, according to the Colossians 2 and 3. Set your affections. Affections in the King James Bible means set your mind. On things above. And it says, but what it says after that, not on things on the earth. I mean, you set your mind on things above or you set your minds on things in heaven, not on things on this earth, including the millennium kingdom. That's going to be wonderful on earth. You set your minds on heavenly things. Okay. God bless you all. I love you all. Peace out. This is Joseph Brownlee. Joseph Brownlee of BLCRT. Real talk. Bye-bye. God bless. Peace out. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.